I like to joke about the man box, which is like you can only be a man if you fulfill these certain qualities and you stay within this mm -hmm. this square of like you're in your man box and you're safe in the man box. And something about for some men about going near feminism is is a step out of the man box. The most important thing any white feminist can do is educate herself and listen and engage with the experiences of women of color without silencing them. Because sometimes as white ladies, we just have to shut the fuck up. I hate Katy Perry. I hate Natalie Portman. <laughs> Stop fighting with it's me. It's relaxed. Stop fighting with me. Stop fighting. All right. Okay. I'm not fighting. Part of feminism is the freedom to let other women make choices you don't necessarily understand. So while you may not want to walk out with like tape like X's on your nipples and booty shorts, that may be the strong feminist choice for another woman. And even if you can't imagine yourself in her shoes, part of your job as a feminist is just to support her. Alright, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Durgan. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. With the resignation of John Duran, am I pronouncing his name right? Yep. As mayor of West Hollywood, Matt's throwing his hat in the ring. Nobody needs an HIV-positive, man-whoring, sexual-harassing, power-bottom slut running things, reads Matt's new <laughs> campaign slogan. Just, I'm all those things without the HIV part. I'm your man. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, uh, we, I, I assume every city has a, just has a horrible mayor, just by default. Because there just aren't really good mayors, really. I actually, uh, well, I had a conversation about it the other day. Sorry to interrupt you, but I actually didn't know what a mayor did yes. until recently. Well, you know what, like Garcetti, Eric Garcetti of L.A. does, right? I mean, no, I don't know what he does. Even on what he does day to day, or what his powers he's imbued with. Well, he's allowed to allocate funds, right? Uh, no, he's not actually. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I he has some discretionary. I'm not even playing dumb. I don't know what he does. He's like, uh, he's sort of like the, what the president is supposed to be, which is like an, just a chief executive, and like the city council is supposed to make all, pass all the laws and pass all the you know appropriate all the money. So he's more of like a chief op. He's more of the chief executive, like the face of the of the government, but the executive. Well, like so before, before Congress decided the president should run everything in this country, right? Congress used to be the powerful institution. The president sort of had to. You know, if you watch the movie Lincoln, he had to go beg Congress for everything he wanted. Watched it recently and really enjoyed it. Yeah, so like he was like, he can give speeches and he can like try to move the people, but basically he has to beg Congress for everything. Well, that doesn't work in like Los Angeles. Like that's fine if if you're in like Yosemite or something. Well, what I'm saying is, I think the city council is far more has far more power than the mayor does. So, well. But American, he can he can propose legislation, but he can't he can't. I, order I don't it. I don't want to get esoteric on this, but in in the case of West Hollywood, and I don't know how it works in most cities. Um, so there are five city council members, yeah, and they have equal power. So th they just rotate the the title of mayor, and it really means nothing whatsoever. Yes, it, well, it's a, like a, you get to go to uh, conventions and have lots of gay sex. Yeah, junkets. You get to go to Israel on like security, security. Yeah, junkets. you get to try and procure super aid. <laughs> yes. Um, 
because yes, <laughs> you get. I think you get a, 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 a bigger discretionary account, and you get to invite to all these like travel junkets. I like how people are like, we shouldn't stigmatize HIV, and I'm like, well, that I suppose that is true, but then then it becomes like, why don't you have HIV? And I'm like, what? Because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to. Like, what are you talking about? Well, you should. St- uh, should you stigmatize? When did it become like a like? Just a status symbol. Shouldn't you stigmatize a deadly disease? I don't understand. I I would think so. I don't think you need to... Well, unless you're the pharmaceutical industry, in which case it would actually make a lot of sense to uh, not stigmatize. They just cured the second, like, AIDS person uh, this week. There's a story on that. I read it, and it... It's not... The science isn't explained, and I I read a few articles on it. Um, So just because you're in remission doesn't mean that, that you're cured. No, but Har- I, I, isn't it already true? I don't know. You live in West Hollywood, so you would know. Isn't it true that most people don't die of HIV anymore? No. It's, well, yeah. Sorry. Yes, that is true. In, in the U.S., at least. I'm not an expert just because I live I live on the outskirts of West Hollywood. Sure. But. You're like on the, on the anal periphery. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, people, you know, people like, I remember, well, what's his name? Arquette just died last year. The, the, the trans Arquette uh, brother died of, I assume it was, I think it was AIDS last year. But you don't really hear many people dying of AIDS. I don't think you die of of HIV anymore. I mean, Magic Johnson's a good case example. Yes, but he spent like $18 million on his remedies. Now I think it's fairly affordable, right, to like... It's not the AZT thing anymore. The cocktails is some lesser regimen you take. I think so. I mean, I really don't want to be involved in that world (laughs) where I'm like, well, yes, I mean, I take one pill and, uh, you know, I'm not dead. Like, I'd I'd rather just not... um, but it's not the movie Contract like HIV. That's sort of my stance. If you watch in the, in the movies now, I just watched that movie. Uh, Can you ever forgive me? The one Melissa McCarthy movie, and there's a set in like late eighties, late eighties, I think it was. Can you ever? I don't know if I know that. one. She's like the plagiarizing author. Oh, oh yeah, I watched it. I, it was I liked good. it. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was like it was to me that movie was like the new uh, female led. Have to they have to change everything to a female led movie now? Like ten years ago, that would have been Paul Giamatti in the exact same role as like the angry drunk. <laughs> gay yeah, but gay Melissa right. McCarthy's really funny. She was fine, but they did have to instead of having like a like I would have liked a like a eccentric black guy as the friend, but yes. of course it had to be a gay guy. Yes, which but I, wasn't quite relevant to the story so much. No, although he did win the Indie Spirit Award, but the uh, well, he uh, was a good actor too. Richard I'm not e. trying to disparage what's his name, Richard E. Grant. Get that the E because of the SAG. Whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, but it, it, the point is in that movie, like any like any movie set in that time period, when someone announces that they got the disease, then they just die in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's just hundred percent. Like someone would say, like I, uh, Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody, I got the thing, I got the the disease, and then everyone goes like, oh, and then like they just die, <laughs> and then he die, right? It was just like a hundred percent. Well, wasn't that actually what kind of happened? Yeah, I mean, you're from San Francisco. Oh yeah, no, I mean, it was just like, uh, oh, I lost two of my two of my high school English teachers died of AIDS. Well, I did a deep dive because you know I have sex with a lot of sketchy women. Yeah, and I I actually looked at the CD uh, Center for D- Disease Control statistics. Of course you did. Oh, not I d- not on the dates. I hope. No, 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 not on my phone while <laughs> buying dinner. Um, but you actually, it, it's. It's quite difficult to contract HIV. You have to. It's not like you do it once or twice. I think you have to. Uh, my understanding. First I mean, of all, they have the statistics published. Yeah, I mean, through, like through straight sex, uh, for for men to receive from women through straight sex is almost impossible. Nearly impossible. Women, I think, much uh, like far more likely to get it from gay men or men who have HIV. Yeah, but but so, not still pretty low. So I, I mean, we could link the report, but. 
so if you're having sex with an HIV positive person, right? right when, when the virus is replicating, so meaning like, I don't you're know, hot when you're hot. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, in the yeah. hot zone when your body's in the hot zone. Yeah, you, you got that fever, that Miami yes. diarrhea. Um, it's basically you would have to have sex with someone twenty five hundred times to to get the. And doesn't it usually virus. doesn't it, well? That sounds like your average West Hollywood. According guy. to the CDC, by the way. But this is, I believe it seems as more legit than anyone else. But also, isn't it from uh, when you have other lesions, like uh, you know, uh, cuts or lesions on your body and your yeah. genitals, yes. which would come from other STDs? Yeah, absolutely. So you're just a disgusting human being. Yeah. So if you were having sex before HIV and you had herpes, you had other things like that, and then you continued, then you had gay sex. Yeah. You're far more like so sexually. Highly sexually active men are much more likely to get it than a guy, a random guy once. Yeah, absolutely. So how come I was a junior in high school just getting pussy and worried about getting AIDS? It makes no know. sense whatsoever. Well, there was a... Uh, there was a someone should write a book on this. They did show us a propaganda film. Yes, there was pro- immense amount of propaganda in the early 90s by the gay activist groups to convince uh, the nation that it was not a gay disease, which was, you know, again, a very smart tactical move on their part because they knew that people go like, oh, it's killing gay people. I don't give a shit. I live in fucking Alabama. So they wanted to convince straight people that this could, you could be next. And so they just intentionally basically falsified the information and then put out these, put a lot of money behind these commercials saying like everyone can get AIDS. It's like, and so that they raised the, and then all of a sudden Congress opened the books and they started like putting more money into AIDS research. Right. Cause there was no way like the Republicans were going to give a shit if it was like a San Francisco disease. So they had to make people like think, Oh, the Michigan blue collar workers are next. But it actually is a San Francisco disease. Yes, I mean, it is. If, if you look sure at the is. stats. Sure is. From the bathhouse. It came from the bathhouses. And needles. I and mean, needles. But I think it started with the ba- with the uh, By the way, if if you if you were to take a needle from something like if you and I were just hanging out and you're like, hey, share this needle with me. You deserve to get AIDS. I think like, so too. You deserve to fucking die. Like, uh, sorry, that sounded harsh. I've always assumed people like that are junkies and they don't really think rationally like that. So they just grab the next nearest needle they can. Well, find. then fucking get out. That maybe that's nature saying. Well, you know what, Matt? When they open when they open the a safe injection center next to your place, so that all the. <laughs> By the way, I, I actually like the idea of the safe injection centers. I just don't know who wants it next to their apartment or house. Like. Like the idea that you know, there'd be a, a place where like all the junkies could go to get injected with their drugs seems like a good idea, but where do you put it? Like who actually wants? Dude, I used to hang out in Vancouver and uh, uh, British Columbia, and uh, so they they had the, the, they they opened the first safe yes. injection site, I believe, in like the Western world, and they've had it for a little while. Yeah, and and, they, and, and I think. Well, no, this was a while ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like fifteen years ago. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. And Canada's always ahead of the U.S. So I'd never really seen a lesion on a person, and I was like, uh, like, I'm just like, uh, you know, trying to watch a hockey game here, <laughs> and and like scientifically, if you, if you broke it down, it probably is a good idea, but it's also like. I kind of feel like you're attracting. Oh yeah, a bunch of fucking junkies. Well, I don't. It's not turning anyone into a junkie, but it's like keeping junkies from spreading disease or getting infected themselves. Which, by the way, you know, you you and I have to pay for. Obviously. Well, I don't want to go Mugabe. Like, well, let's just lock up all the junkies. I don't That's know what, what the answer is. Well, I, the only problem is like all the junkies live in a usually in an urban environment, some kind of urban center, 
So then you have Typically. to put you have to put the inject these injection centers in like next to someone's restaurant or next to someone's apartment. Maybe building. we should just open a safe injection center like in in the plateaus of Nebraska. Yeah, but there's nobody there. Like they're not. <laughs> it's like the Walking Dead. They're yeah, gonna we'll walk draw out. Draw them out. We'll get them out. It's like these homeless. Like they want to put the homeless shelters like next to. They want to put someone right down the block here. And like everyone's like, no. I mean, we want to help the homeless, but we don't want to crowd have homeless crowds around our houses like every night. Same thing with the pot centers, pretty much the marijuana dispensaries. Like, it's I think it's fine, but I wouldn't want one next door to my house with my kids, like in all the fucking jonesing uh, weed weed heads. I certainly wouldn't advocate for it, but there's a huge difference between the marijuana dispensary and the safe injection. My bu- uh, buddy of mine, they opened one like three doors down where he lives. He's got little kids. And there's all the stoners who are just hanging out around outside the place. He doesn't. Oh, look- yeah, it's a bunch of ne'er do wells. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by all the people on social media who posted pictures of themselves with Luke Perry this week. Nothing says heartfelt memorial like a photo of yourself talking about yourself with the dead guy. Narcissism, it's cradle to grave. That's one of my biggest pet peeves when people die, is that you then have to immediately find a photo, not everyone, but people on social media, you have to find the photo of yourself with the dead celebrity mm. to talk about how, much, how what a great guy or great girl she was. Someone said that Facebook is like the open mic for eulogies now, yes. which I, I thought was funny. I, I didn't think of it. but <laughs> It is like, it's just the weirdest thing. Like, I mean, I guess always at funerals, people always talk about how close they were to the dead person. That's not like, that's not a new thing. But this thing where like, where you have to then post a photo, you have to find the photo of yourself with the dead guy to show how close you two were. It's just fucking is it, sick, um, sickening. I mean... Luke Perry, he, uh, from what I've heard, he he's uh, was a nice dude, very nice guy, and uh, I'm sure he's a good dude. Um, however, I I couldn't figure out. So he played a teenager on a high school show. Yes, but he was like he in was his like, late thirties. No, like late twenties, I'd say. I think they all were. Well, I can't tell if my perception. So when I saw Luke Perry, and he's fifty, yeah, and you know he's fifty, so yeah. he's you know he's an He's a 50-year-old guy, and I was like, oh, he looks like shit. No, nothing against him. I'm just saying, well, he looks older, you know. But because you, don't, like, you remember him as the attractive. Am I basing that just because he played a high school kid? Yeah, probably. Does Although, he look like a normal 50-year-old guy, or was he a bit haggard? They were all kind of attractive people, so they all, I think, aged. And they probably had plastic surgery and shit like that. I, I don't know the answer to the question, but one thing I did find out, his son, his son is a professional wrestler. I saw that too. I love that. I started researching it, yes, and then I got bored and did Tarzan the Ape Boy or some shit like that. But it was great. Like his son is. He has great hair. Yes, he's like the Ape Man or Monkey Man or some shit like that. Good for him, man. I I mean, I I don't know what what uh, league he's in. (laughs) Well, I think he's probably only like twenty one or twenty two yet. But you know, he's probably this. Well, I'll be throwing my full support behind. No, I think it's awesome that he. What's it? What's it? What was his name? By his uh, sort of. It's like Tarzan. Tarzan. He's a place like a Tarzan, like a Jungle Boy. I think it's Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which you can only get away with now, ironically, if you're white. Uh, you can only be Jungle Boy if you're white. You can't be Black Jungle Boy any longer. So, all the race, all the ra- I was thinking about this in wrestling. All the tropes used to be so racist, you know, and, 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 and you know, it was always like the the guy who looked like a explicitly, explicitly like Abdullah the Butcher, Iron Sheik, <laughs> Iron Mr. Sheik. Fuji. You were like uh, Volkov, Russia, whatever you like. Look, even if you weren't from that area, if you looked like it, yeah, you were that had to be that racial st- or ethnic stereotype. Uh, you know, the, the shifty Japanese characters, the wild, the Samoans who are wild. Mr. Fuji, Mr. Fuji was sinister Japanese guy. The, the uh, Kika and whatever his name, the wild Samoans were crazy Samoans. 
who just couldn't talk and were just it crazy. It was equal opportunity, though, too. I mean, actually, I'm surprised there wasn't like a drunk Irish wrestler. Uh, now yes. that I think about it. Andre the Giant, who actually wasn't, I don't think even, was even, they said he was from the Swiss Alps, which was like he wasn't. Well, he was so unattractive. <laughs> yes. I, I, I still don't get the worship of Andre the Giant. It's like, oh, yeah. like he's he a good guy. I'm like, well, he, he looked like a like a really um, weird-looking sick man. He was. Uh, did you see the documentary on him? It was great. Yeah, I, d- I didn't. I mean, he was lit- I mean, legitimately sick his entire life. I mean, he had that horrible gigantism thing where he was just in, in like, constant pain throughout his It's really the teeth is is what gets me, like, if if you took, so, like, who do you think is the most beautiful woman in the world right now? Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. If you gave, (laughs) she has horrible teeth. Horrible example. I know you did. (laughs) No, I mean, if you gave Brie Larson Andre the Giant's teeth, I'd be like, no way. Like, we are not even dating. Well, I think it played. I think there was no reason to fix his looks because he played like the giant, so he had to look kind of trollish. Yeah, but who who lives a lifestyle in that your teeth start decaying, your front teeth start yeah. decaying? That that's not a normal way to live. It isn't. I guess when you're getting girls every night, you just kind of forgive a lot. You forgive lots of. You things. think Andre the Giant got a lot of girls? That's what the documentary said. I, I mean, he was paying for he was paying for him, I believe. But oh, well. I don't know. I think I think it's uh, look at the island of, uh, island of Britain. I think it just depends where you come from. Uh, do not forget to become a patron of the show on Patreon.com forward slash Last Man on Earth. Thanks to all of your patrons. Get on this shit now before it disappears. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on this show, uh, Matt, uh, you've dated a girl from Mexico. Yeah, a couple of them. I, I've met. Uh, see, this seems to be more popular now. I've, last year or so, I've met like a couple guys who dated girls from Mexico, like actually born in Mexico. I guess that's an LA thing now, just because there's so many girls. I've from never Mexico. dated a girl that was born in Mexico, but uh, well, I just I guess not. Not that I would have a problem with that. I mean, one of the upsides of immigration from uh, Central America, in addition to uh, uh, cheap labor, and uh, I'm always told cheap lettuce. I don't understand the whole cheap lettuce. Well, you idea. know, Central Mexico is. There are other countries in Central America. So. Yes. Well, uh, there are. In fact, most immigration is not from Mexico. I would longer. not date a Salvadorian girl. No. Like that no. right now. You wouldn't date like an MS-13 chick. Nope. Like a, 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 a ride or die um, <laughs> MS-13 chick. La no, uh, But if you happen to love hot Latina chicks, there's a there's a lot more hot Latina chicks in in, the, uh, in Southern California, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, Jeff Bezos is uh, is a banging one. So they're, they're just they're ever, they're ever. Wait, his mistress is a, a Mexican. La, she's Latina. I don't know where she's from specifically, but uh, she's bilingual and she's Latina. Well, is she from like Spain or no? She's not from the Spain. She's you got you, you got to do your research. She is not probably first generation, but is she's she speak, hot? She's hot and she speaks Spanish. I know that. All right, uh, that's more than just Bezos could say. So Selma Hayek, can, Selma Hayek can say that. So here, so here's the thing. So we now run the course where like everybody who is not a white male has to claim oppression, obviously, and we all know that nobody's oppressed more than rich celebrities in Hollywood. Absolutely the worst, most oppressed people. One thing I've noticed in this whole intersectional woke awakening of this country is that you never actually read stories about people who are actually oppressed, minor, like actually distressed, socioeconomically distressed minorities. I've noticed that too. Like it's never about the woman from, uh, I don't know if you saw the story, but uh, uh, you don't follow UFC fights, Pike, because you don't engage in male behavior, standard male behavior. No, I have male friends though, so I'm tangentially aware of what happened. The the Tyron Woodley lost the, the welterweight title to this guy, uh, I forget his name, he's got an African name, Us- Usam, Usaina, something or other. 
Really, really great fight. And actually, the the guy who lost mother, she's like a single black mother. Did you order the fight? Did yes. You, no, I don't pirate. Do you you watch it by yourself or with? No, your I watch with the kids. I make the kids watch it. I make the kids watch it. You watch it with your kids. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, so. I like them to see blood sport. I think it's really good for them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't want them to watch real like military. I don't want them to watch military like bloody like documentaries. But I like them to see that people actually beat each other up. And the best part is when they hug after they hug after it's over. Like it's like a it's a sport that I don't get. If I lost a fight, I would not be hugging uh, the dude. With well, the... like boxers, they respect each, they, the warriors respecting each other. I kind of like that whole thing. Like they beat the crap each other, literally try to kill, choke each other out, and then they hug and, and bow to each other after the fight's over. I get it. That's like the Asian martial arts thing, sort of the master and the and the student. I'd just be real mad if I got beat. I'm just saying. But so the mother of Tyron Woodley, he lost, which went, is why I never entered the ring. Sorry, go ahead. He felt bad. The guy who beat the champ felt kind of bad for some reason. Because he's he's he actually liked he respected the champ so much he felt bad he beat him and the mother of the champ who's like this heavy set uh, black woman razor kid I think they're from Chicago uh, hugged him and there was this little teary scene the, the new winner but then her background story is like she raised this like UFC fighter by herself she had three jobs she worked overnight like cleaning offices and then would take the morning shift cleaning like fast food restaurants to to take care of her kids on her own. I she could have just not had a kid and well, yeah, had she one had less a, job. She had a few kids, I think. But yes, Matt, thank you, Republican Matt. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is, like, I mean, this woman like worked her fucking nails to the bone to like put food on the table, and you know, as a black, as a uh, say unattractive, heavy set black woman, probably did not catch African a lot of breaks. African American, yeah, probably didn't catch a lot of breaks. But you never you never hear her like her story of complaining about uh, intersectionality. Or racism, or what? Which I'm sure she faced, and other things like that. It's always like Selma Hayek. No, of course not. I mean, do you ever talk to a woman like that? Like we don't often run into them, you know, just in our our day to day lives. But when you talk to a lady like that, they don't take themselves that seriously. No, there's a lot of y'all, yeah, which I find really charming. And she's like, you know. Like I'm just I'm just working and taking care of shit and it is what it is. Basically, that is the attitude that I've seen. I think it's, it's a, I think for among most people, most people in life, it's just a built-in expectation of like life is can be pretty shitty, and so like this is just another shitty part of it. Like yeah. life is like there's sort of this like life is hard mentality. You drove the father away. <laughs> the father's away. But like I think when you work when you work your ass that hard on a very basic goal. You kind of don't focus on all the petty shit, right? There's just no time for the petty right, shit. Right, you can't. You just your circumstances are are what they are and now you're you're just trying you're it's survival mode basically, but you don't but have also like you have a barbecue and and you have I I shouldn't say you, but they have friends and they laugh and it's fun. Yes. They have orange soda. Yes. And, or, gra- uh, or sometimes grape soda, Matt. Don't don't be racist. It's sometimes grape and pineapple, by the way. Yeah. Uh, in a public park with no permit, and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it. It's it's not like I I feel like these fake liberals don't know these people and they don't understand. Well, and, they're also and they, not f- and they placate them. And they're also like not. F- they're just downers. They're not fun people. Like yeah, they spend their lives. Total downers. They're total wet blankets because they just focus like like. So like I think when those people those people have in the barbecue and the orange soda like you talked about when they see people like that that are like you know married to a billionaire worth all this money live on a yacht and they're complaining about racism they're like any if they're black or Hispanic they're like what, the, what? like what like it's what so condescending it's so condescending like 
Like, you know, like not that they don't experience racism at the bottom end of the social. Of course they do. They experience it the most. It's just built into like their expectations. But the ironic thing is they don't want to hang out with you. No, no. So Selma Hayek says, so she has every woman who gets interviewed, woman of color gets interviewed, or even any woman, white women too in Hollywood, has to then be, and I don't know if they're bringing this topic up or the reporters are forcing them to speak on this topic. I feel like it's probably the latter. I think so, yeah. Are being forced to like issue, well, there's always like power women conferences where you have to speak and give your oppression story. So literally Selma Hayek's oppression story is that as a Mexican, she was born in Mexico, as a Mexican woman, nobody thought she could make it be rich and successful in Hollywood or even marry a French billionaire like she did. Like that's her like like she that's actually literally her oppression story and is that she's a hot chick from Mexico and nobody thought she could make it big and be rich and successful and powerful in Hollywood because she's Mexican. Ergo racism. Like so now in 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 the form of empowerment because she doesn't have to worry about money like yes. a lot of people do. Yes. And and by the way, a lot of actresses do. Yeah. Or if, roles in movies or she can make her own so movies. So she can just take this really indulgent stripper role in the uh shit. What's the Mickey Rourke movie? The wrestler? Oh yeah. What's she in that? Is that what it's called? Yes. The wrestler. Yeah. I like that movie. It's a great movie. Um so now you can just like brandish your tits all over the place and act like it's art, but I don't know. I mean, try and do that if you're not married to a rich guy. Or try and do that if you're not hot with big breasts. I mean, I don't understand, like... Well... I mean, so, yeah, so, like, an average, like, I'm waiting for some unattractive woman who gets, like, who makes it in Hollywood. First of all, any unattractive woman actress to make it in Hollywood is a big deal. I'm waiting for someone like that, like, an actual, like, I don't need to see like I, I. There's no way that like hot chicks with big tits from any culture or background ever suffer. Well, who's the chick that was? Racist. Who's the fat chick? The fat Jewish chick from New York. Lena Dunham. Yeah, Lena Dunham. I know exactly I mean, who you're talking about. She seems to have. I don't know a lot of fat Jewish girls from New York. <laughs> I think I dated a few. Well, <laughs> really? <laughs> no, but she, yeah. So she has the oppression. The white female oppression is, is is sort of is hurting right now. But so some like okay, so like I'm Latina, and I guess in Hollywood, you know. Remember the, remember the old Robert Townsend movie, The Hollywood Shuffle? No. You never saw that? It was in the 80s. You love 80s movies. But his, when Robert Townsend got just big enough as a black, as a black comedian actor to like make a movie making fun of Hollywood, he made a movie about a, guy, a black guy who comes to Hollywood, and they only give him roles as pimps <laughs> and like criminals. Oh, I'll have to watch it. It's really funny. funny. It's just about how racist Hollywood is. I don't even know the actors. So they just cycle through black guys. Yeah. He was, was like a Robert young. Townsend? He was like a comedian in his 20s. He was like, uh, who would I compare him to? Like, he was like, say, the Martin Lawrence of the 80s. Was he the random black guy in Die Hard? Because I haven't quite figured out. No, he wasn't. Was. No, no, different guy. But his, Hollywood Shuffle was about how how minorities are treated in Hollywood. No, it was like it was. a commentary on the actual industry. Yes. So and, they got him out of there. And they played. And they played. Right away. They played. Uh, <laughs> But it was like every role he went for, like, okay, um, you'll be trying out for the pimp. He's like, what? Not pimp again. Like, and he would like, they didn't, he wasn't black enough as a pimp. So they would, the white guys would teach him how to act like a black pimp. Like, hey, motherfucker, like, I'm going to cut you. Like, you know, he was like a black drama student. This somewhere. guy sounds awesome. I bet you he lives in the neighborhood. We should, we should <laughs> totally hang out Pro- with him. Probably does. There's just, there's literally, so there is obviously racism in Hollywood, but like, let's face it, like, hot chicks with big tits, hot chicks with big tits don't face an uphill battle in any, in any industry. Did you see, um, because I love Alexander Payne, I love all his movies, I love Nebraska, I loved um, Election, Um, even the abortion one was pretty good, Um, 
But did you see Downsizing? No, I haven't seen it yet. It was good? No. No, it's... Uh, it was Matt, Matt Damon, right? Yeah, Matt Damon. Like, it's... I, I, I didn't care for it. Maybe some people like it, but... Um, so there's a a very prominent Asian character. And so I was... Because I listened to Terry Gross on NPR. Of course you do. You don't like Terry Gross? I watch UFC, Matt. You do Terry Gross on NPR. <laughs> so Terry Gross is fantastic. So anyway, the actress was like, well, I don't have a problem doing like a stereotypical Asian accent. And... Um, but a lot of actresses turn it down. And I was like, bullshit. Um, no, they don't. Of course not. And why would you... You're you're not a named actress. Like, by the way, I, I would do any accent right now. If, if you told me to talk like fucking Vladimir Putin, I'd be like, yeah, sure. To take the job? Yeah. Nobody turns down... Jo- the, the misnomer is that anyone ever turns down jobs in Hollywood. Well, I didn't care for the fact that she was lying. Right. Um. That's the whole point. Sorry, I, it's not a good movie though. It, it it really, his whole catalog is great, but that film is. is he, has hit, he has hits or misses. He has hits or misses. Uh, the one where uh, I didn't think there were too many misses. I kind of like the one where uh, Sideways. Sideways is great. Good one. He did the one where uh, Kathy ba- Jack Nicholson and Kathy Bates, where Kathy Bates is naked. I loved like, it. Yes, except for the part where her boobs were floating yes in the and Kathy Bates obviously signed off on that and God I mean Kathy Bates is great but I could have done without that I don't like the ups- uh, gross when ups- the hot tub jets yes like started Grotesque. and then her boobs like floated to the top as if they were like your <laughs> swim shorts the new the new the new counter to like <laughs> all the beautiful people the counter to that in Hollywood is like showing na- uh, ugly naked people like in movies now well, he was above, like he was in front of that at least. Yeah, but I mean, it was like, have you seen the? You watch the show Deuce on HBO? No, it just it's about the uh, Times Square in the early seventies in New York, the prostitution and everything. I watched part of it. I found it preachy, and I, I didn't it's just like so that. many fat naked guys, Fucking like Jake Gyllenhaal's stupid sister. Sister, oh, uh, with the with the uh, intentionally floppy tits. You know, they're from a uh, like an uh, what do you call it an. Uh, an elite family. Yeah, they're from uh, the mom was a, a, a talent agent or casting agent. Oh no! But before that, really, they had a lot of filthy money. Oh, really? Um, in Scandinavia. Oh, that we got that far back. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they're yeah. from an industry family. The parent, the mom, I think, is a, is a big casting agent in Hollywood. Or well, you become agent. a casting agent if you have a lot of filthy money. A, a, a lot of times. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I thought you had, just had to be a bitchy woman. No. Um, That's part of it. I mean, I, I wish we had Google right now, but th- they actually. Um, Probably had some Nazi money. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I th- I don't find that nearly offensive as her floppy tits. <laughs> like she, I agree. She she is one of those actresses again to find empowerment. Actually, gets goes topless a ton and has just these horrible floppy breasts. Well, what do you do about that though? I mean, if you because like you and I, you're, you're in good shape. Oh, uh, I'm in excellent shape. Well, you're not. No, you're I'm not. In, in I'll tell you what. Shape. I'm in better shape than Luke Perry. You're in good. Sh- we're b- <laughs> <laughs> no, we're. I, I feel like we both kind of take care of our bodies. I I don't know what you'd do if you just had these pancake boobies. Well, one thing you could do is not intentionally make yourself topless in every single movie role you take. That's a good point. She produces the deuce. I mean, she actually produces the show. She's topless in every single episode, so she's trying to show off the fact that her body is like badly worn. So my that's part of her character. Like, so what character. is your worst um, sort of trait physically? If you had to accentuate that, like hmm. I wouldn't. I would never go. Naked. I wouldn't. I have a mole on my butt. I wouldn't. Yeah, oh God, I, I would to move on. <laughs> well, no, I would, I'm saying, but 
But they were, if, you had a, if you had a disfigurement generally, in the old days, they would cover it up on the camera. It's like they used to cover up tattoos. I remember, do you remember the show Lost? You remember the show Lost on ABC like I know 10 of years it. ago? I didn't watch it. There was a guy, who, uh, the actor, one of the lead actors in the show had the, like, a full, like, full upper sleeve tattoos. And so for the first two seasons, they're stranded on an island, right, for five years. And the first two seasons, they took painstakingly covered up the sleeve on his arm, the tattoo sleeve on his arm for every episode. And then, like in the third season, he just had a full. They just gave up. He had a full sleeve tattoo. Like, well, you've been on the island. <laughs> like, when did you get? I like- never watched the show. I feel like they gave up, like in general. Yes. Because, like, I didn't watch it, but people were like, "Well, no, like, there's a world underneath the world," and it's it like, is. dude. This this sounds like really bad writing. I just got to tell you, it was it, the first two seasons were actually remarkably good. Then it just you're right. They, they, when, I gave up when there was like an earthquake, and there actually was just a guy with a handheld camera shaking the camera, and the people were pretending there was an earthquake. <laughs> that really I, bothered. I, I kind of really gave me. up when I was sitting at happy hour next to like this really fat guy, yes. and they were like, "Oh, that guy's like the lead guy on Lost," and I was like, "Well, oh, oh yeah, what happened to that guy? He's probably dead. I, I don't know. He's huge, uh, Hispanic, a uh, fat guy. Yeah, he was big, and actually, he was he was really he got a few roles out of that. I right, we got to move on. Sounds to- like you love Lost, <laughs> yes. by the way. Uh, the first two seasons I really loved, uh, and Evangeline Lilly was in it too. Really, really hot. <laughs> Matt, Captain Marvel's coming out. I'm going to see Captain Marvel tonight. And it's not a movie, Matt. It's a female progressive high school assembly, empowerment assembly, from what I can tell. Because every single review of the movie that I've read, I think it's 83% of Rotten Tomatoes. But I, that's a bump. Let's call it 50 with a 30, 33 bump for being a female lead empowerment film. Well, you don't know that. It could just be. No, all the, all the critics. No, obviously, you know that. All yeah. the critics that I respect, like four or five that I like. Uh, all said it was mi- a mid-lean Marvel movie, a mid-lean standard Marvel movie. You actually follow critics? No, but when I read Rotten Tomatoes, I look for certain critics that I know are like le- on the Who legit. are your main crits? Uh, I like the Rolling Stone guy. I like the Chron- SF Chronicle guy. Um, I like, um, uh, not Roper, the other guy. Uh, I like the RogerEbert.com guy. He's not Roger Ebert anymore because he's dead. Uh, there's a few not I look Ro- for. Isn't that Roper? No, it's no, it's like it's RogerEbert.com, whatever whatever his name is. But uh, there's a few I look for uh, where like I kind of think they're like actually giving legit. But do you base your movie going? No, um, not at all. I wouldn't experience never... on this, or are you uh, just curious about what these assholes? I say? base my uh, uh, streaming uh, on it. Like, like I won't. The only time I go to movies is when I take the kids, so they have to see Captain Marvel. So we're going to Captain Marvel. Regardless, if it got a twenty, we'd still be seeing Captain Marvel. Can I ask you a question? Yes. So. If I said to you, because per- we we chat on uh, on Skype, so would it mean more to you if I said, Lex, you know, you should you should see this film? Would it mean more to you than Roper? Uh, yeah. Well, if you told me the downsizing wasn't very good, I'll skip it. Yeah, it's not good. But it also didn't get very good review. If it got like a ninety-eight percent of Rotten Tomatoes, and you told me you didn't like it, I'd probably still watch but it. But what about a film that got bad reviews that I said was great? I would, yeah, I'd watch it on Netflix or or HBO or something like that. I don't, Ed, Edge of Seventeen is a really good film. I loved Edge of Seventeen. I saw it. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, I loved it. It's funny, right? Yes, I, I like that Woody Harrelson is racking up really good roles, small roles in movies. I love Harrelson. Yes, like any movie with Harrelson, I'm, I'm on board with. Yeah, he's he's actually the fact that he's now taking smaller roles. He wasn't good as a lead. He's taking smaller roles that fit him better. It's really been a nice second second stage of his career. I'll take him as a lead, but also White, Man, White Man Can't Jump, Steinfeld. Yes, oh, White Man Can't Jump is a great film. Um, 
so I didn't know how to feel about it because she's playing 17, but she's 25. Is she? Okay, well, yeah. And the whole time I was like, I totally kind of want to bang. Uh, That's okay. You know you know her uncle is. I don't know if you know Jake Steinfeld. Body by Jake. The bodybuilder guy from, like the, from the 90s. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know him. <laughs> so here's the thing about Captain Marvel. So like, it's a, it's a female lead, obviously. Female lead, uh, uh, Brie Larson. Who's going around talking about how this is like the most? They did this. This is the same playbook, by the way. They did with the Wonder Woman when it came out two years ago. Although that was a female-directed, female-led yeah, movie. It's not quite. It's more annoying right now. It's more annoying because it's 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 been done. The, the whole Wonder Woman thing, where like women were basing their their feelings about themselves off the Wonder Woman, off the 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 Mar- uh, I guess that's DC, off the DC movie. Well, what is your question? Because I have a, I have a real strong opinion on this Brie Larson thing. Uh. My question is, when did journalists decide that like the the social impact of a movie, such as it may be, having a giving an opportunity to a hot blonde chick to to finally star in a movie, uh, when did when did it be okay to like bump up your reviews or your journalistic discard your journalistic integrity to tell people like, oh, the movie itself is may not be so good, but you should see it because it's really inspiring. It's a chance for women to feel inspired and empowered. Well, I never knew this until we be- are we friends? Until we became we're Skype buddies. Yeah, until we- no, I <laughs> no you you informed me on a lot of shit. I didn't know that 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 if you um, just said this is dumb, you would not get access, and then you don't get free hotels, free flights. Well, that's the, that's the second. That's like the third tier reviewers. But I'm talking about like significant like Hollywood Reporter reviewers. Well, okay, so. I mean, they're not going to so, get access to it. So, what. In, in what publication? Because I guarantee you, I can trace it back to uh, three or four media conglomerates. Well, but they no, because they give like a Kevin Hart movie comes out from those same studios, and they give it a shitty review, right? Not really. Really? Like uh, his I comedies? Mean, all get low. They all get low ratings. Okay, yeah, but that's low hanging fruit, right? Like, yeah, you can give a Kevin Hart movie a shit review, but I mean, if. If you look at, so let's say, for example, just hypothetically, the um, New York Times or the Washington Post. Right? Okay. So you're going to give that movie a good review or an okay review. And it's very easy to trace it to the fact that it's it's the same media company, that, that, it's, that it's Amazon, and that is therefore now Time Warner. And so you think, it's a finan- you think it's a financial conspiracy? I don't think it's a conspiracy. I just think that a financial motive, sort of what, yeah, just just kind of what I've learned from you is that it's um, it's it's not a conspiracy, but it's it's synergy. I mean, it's just but I think it's more motivated. like motivated. You will you will get fired if you don't toe the line. Oh yeah, but I think it's more the poli- it's more the political line than the financial. I mean, it's not that they want the movie to do well. It's Mar- Captain Marvel is going to make a shitload of money regardless. So remember when they talked about like. Uh, was well, yeah, but you can't be a shill if you just, you know, do this one thing. I mean, you have to generally think, like go along with. Stuff. I think if Brie Larson and the studio are pushing the fact, like they did with Wonder Woman, that this is a f- inspiring movie for women, the first female-led Marvel movie. That if you're the critic who goes like, "This movie sucked," then you're gonna be accused of being a, a you know, a sexist. Well, absolutely. I mean, I I wrote a thing about it because I was bored, I guess. Um, about Ocean's Eight, yes, and same idea, and so the critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes said, uh, "I'm going to paraphrase: 
While not as slick as the other Oceans movies, which, by the way, weren't even that good. No, modestly good. Fun watch. Fun to watch. Yeah. This was not fun to watch. So while not as slick, it at least it's a good effort. Right. And I'm like, what, what the fuck kind of critical review is that? And so I actually, I would never pay for that movie, but I saw it on, uh, I think it's either on Amazon or, or um, Netflix. Either way, I streamed it for free. Yeah. HBO, I think it's on HBO. Or HBO, probably that too. Um, someone gave me their login. Uh, so I, I watched the Pirate. first 40 minutes and I was like, this is, um, this is not a fun movie. And it, it, it's fun to watch Brad Pitt and Clooney like kind of hobnob it. But I was watching this film and they were trying to do that. But and it, it's not a gender thing. It was simply a poorly directed, yeah, I phoned think, in horseshit type of movie. I think people believed it was not a very good movie. And they, they, it was just empowering because the same thing with the female Ghostbusters. It was just a lesser version of the previous Ghostbusters, not because it had women in it. Those are all, all the actors are amazingly talented. It wasn't the lack of talent. It was well. I mean, I like them all. Melissa, I think M- Melissa McCarthy. I mean, she can. I mean, people can do better stuff with better material, but they didn't give them good material. Well, I was, yeah. So I was, I was thinking like, so in it's either Ocean's Eleven, uh, yeah, it's Ocean's Eleven, the the remake, obviously the one that came mm-hmm. out more recently. Clooney, Don Cheadle, for no reason. Don Cheadle's a great actor. Yes, and for no apparent reason, he's British. So yeah. it's just like he's bored. Yes, and he's. You know, he's like, I want to be British. And yeah. they're like, okay, do that. Like, that's cool. Um, and uh, what is, uh, God damn it. Who's the who's the super goth guy that, that directed Edward Scissorhands? Tim Burton. So Tim Burton's wife, um, what's her name? The crazy British chick? Yeah, the British woman. Uh, I forget her name. With the crazy hair who rides like a bicycle everywhere. Yeah, so she's <laughs> obviously weird. And uh, she's like... I'm going to be Irish in this movie. And it's like, all right. I, I don't know why. And yeah. I, I don't know if I'm biased, if, if it's just rather that I would rather hang out with Don Cheadle than um, the chick from uh, Fight Club. But I, I, it just it, it was just poorly directed. It all seemed very sort of self-indulgent. And well, did, I, a- I, I cut it off after 50 minutes because they didn't get to the fucking heist. Did you see what? Did you see the uh, review of Captain Marvel in Slate.com? No. Uh, the, it was female female reviewer, of course, because only females are allowed to review female movie, female-led movies. Uh, she literally wrote that the movie was mediocre, but that's a great thing for women. <laughs> this, is her, this is her hypothesis. It's great that it was mediocre because it shows that a mediocre woman led by a, wo- a mediocre movie led by a woman. Could be very successful, like like what like what like. Well, you're not a fucking activist, by the way. Like, let's get your job straight. Isn't, isn't your job to review movies? I, I don't understand. Objectively, like, yeah, no, they're not. They're cheer, they're cheer. here's the thing. Like, so there's that moment when they bring out like the Down syndrome girl who wins like prom queen, and like <laughs> everybody and everybody applauds, or they give the kid on the kid with whatever illness, like on the football team, to let him run for a touchdown, and they, everybody stands aside the, the defensive line and let the kid run for a touchdown. And those are wonderful, uh, charitable moments, right? That's when everyone feels good about themselves as human beings. But we all understand that's a charitable moment, right? That all makes my heart ache. But <laughs> yes, I understand what you're saying. But that's a moment where, like, we all agreed, like, this is the, we're going to do this for the betterment of ourselves. But that's not what a movie critic is supposed to do. They need there's like either it's a charitable review or it's an honest review. 
It can't be both. You can't be like, here's an honest review with a bit of a nice charity push for the ladies. Like, you can't be a journalist and give. Well, no, because there's there's a bump, something a bump to uh, to the lady to the ladies. Yeah, you, you you will just never feel as good if if you know that you're getting a push as opposed to, you know, this is something that that I'm proud of that I worked for. But but Brie Larson will tell you she doesn't care what men think about the, doesn't care what men think about the movie. She doesn't make her art for men. So, so she Brie, makes her art for black women. Brie, <laughs> as if she has any black right friends. right. So Brie Larson, uh, what was the film where she played the uh, human trafficked or a ro- room kid, room? Yeah, it was okay. It was a pretty good film, and she did a good job. Um. So then she sort of by default became like the voice of human trafficking, yes. which I thought was weird. Yes. And so Tom Hanks, because everyone loves Tom Hanks, most, right? belo- most beloved guy in Hollywood, uh, and most beloved guy maybe in the history of the world, um, the Jimmy Stewart of modern day. Yes, as I call him. Yes, yeah, yeah it's, it's obviously yeah, every really, man and every man, really good guy. If you talk shit about him, I I might fight you. Yeah. Um, so he he was in the World War Two movie. That Spielberg directed, mm-hmm. like, Saving Private like, Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. So all of a sudden, he became like the voice for uh, veterans. Yes, which I thought was weird, but at least you know he means good well. cause. Yeah. And um, the thing is, Tom Hanks didn't think that he was in the war. No, <laughs> no. Free Larson is now somehow um, internalizing the fact that she played <laughs> a character into right. the fact that. That she's like fucking Harriet Tubman or something, it's utterly ridiculous. It's a bizarre. These first of all, everyone has to understand that like she's horrible. Everyone who went to, everyone went to high school, so everyone knows what drama kids are like, right? They don't. Everyone remembers what the drama club was like. I know it was like at your high school or at my high school. I know what it was like at most high schools. They were cool in my high school. Really, uh, it was like the beginning of Brie Larson's in my high school. Like the beginning is a very self-involved, very self-important people who couldn't play sports. <laughs> that was basically right. Like, well, all the guys, most of the guys were gay, I suppose, and then the women were sort of like, "We'll take that and, and give give a give the random asshole nice boobies." And yes. Now she's really full of herself, and she wins in awards, and so now she gets a podium to speak. But now you can't speak about the plight of white people, which you are. So now, even as a woman, you can talk about sexism in Hollywood, like like Selma Hayek did. But that's not enough anymore. Now you have to present yourself somehow transgently. You're a woman of color because you're a woman, and therefore you make movies for women of color, even though you're a hot blonde chick, and that's why you got the job. I don't... <laughs> just like. And then people... like The worst part is that the audience just goes, yeah! Like the ladies in the audience, yeah! Like, okay, that like... Completely bullshit logical bullshit logical argument. Yeah, let's go with that. Like Brie Larson. It pisses me <laughs> off. And honestly, honestly, it would piss me off less if I just thought that Brie Larson was like a strategic sort of um, pandering type of person. Right. But I'm quite sure that she has convinced herself oh, yes. that she's like a hero because she's doing a really shitty um, Marvel film. Yes. 
Remember that? Who was that woman? Who was the actress? Uh, God, uh, in, uh, when they had the immigrant, when who was warning her domestic staff, she wasn't gonna let her domestic household help walk home by themselves because they, they heard there was an ice uh, raid yeah, going on. I remember that? <laughs> so she took she took her domestic help home in a range in a Range Rover, and she was warning people like in like the rich ladies of, of in Hollywood, like don't let your domestic help take the bus today. Well, it? it was ice. Jessica Biel that was eating a sausage in the shower. <laughs> that was her, which no one's ever. Done by the way. But it was literally like the white, rich white celebrity telling like the other rich white celebrity ladies, don't let your Mexican helpers like walk today. Drive them home in your in your Range Rover because they're gonna get picked up by ice. Like it's also fucked. You can't like you cannot be a hot blonde chick and complain about like uh, you know being being put down by the man. If there's one group that has excelled in Hollywood through any amount of racism, sex, and what have you, it's hot blonde. Hot blonde chicks have never well, suffered I, in I Hollywood. Mean, no, you can't. You shouldn't have anything to complain about. But I get if you're sort of a malcontent, it's fun. Then, you know, you have sex with guys like me and, and you know, it's like whatever. But in general, people that take themselves seriously, yes, it's a really horrible trait. Yes. No, they're they're... Miserable. They're, they they intentionally make themselves miserable. So we talked about the the the, the black woman at your at your uh, racist barbecue earlier, and uh, I don't. I wasn't there. <laughs> the orange the orange soda orange soda barbecue. I just don't. I don't think the the great part about people like that, and I, I've been in those circles, is they don't take themselves seriously. Exactly. Absolutely do not. And they have so much more fun. They laugh so much harder. Enjoy themselves so much more in their off time. Why is this this super fucking I, I'm almost assuming she has a trust fund, but I don't know that. Well, she got a lot of money now, either way. Why? Why are you angry? I don't know. I would like. I think I mentioned to you, like, if Gabori Sidibe, that obese black chick from uh, uh, the movie where she gets her ass beat, abused. It was a horrible movie. <laughs> yes, by the way. Mercy or, anyway, or whatever yeah, it's called. Journeys or yeah, whatever. Where she gets beat up, I think Mariah Carey beats her up. Mariah Carey's a good one. Uh, precious, precious, precious. Like hits precious. her with a mom hits her with yeah. a fr- fucking frying pan, right? Gavernie Verbisi. Yeah, she's like here, Giovanni. Hey, Ber- ugly fat chick. I'm gonna hit you with a frying pan. Like if that chick like was Captain Marvel, she'd have a story to tell. Like that would be a triumphant story. Like fat, unattractive minority chick is the new Marvel superhero. That would be a story, right? Not not hot blonde chick with perfect body. Gets cast as ca- gets cast in Marvel movie. That's not a that's not a fucking story. Perfect tits, great boobs. Yes. Um, but are, so are you not aware? Like, cause I, I I feel like um even going up from high school to college to present day, you you see a chick with really nice boobs, right? And I don't know if she's aware that there's a bunch of dumb asshole guys. That are just grinning at her. Oh, I think she's. I think she's perfectly aware of that. You think so? Yeah, I think Brie Larson will. T- and Brie Larson, by the way, can act. She's our in room. She can act. It's not like she has no uh, no talent. No, she's a, she's a, a a good actress. But she's in. But the reason she was cast in this role is because she doesn't look like Gaboris Sidibe. If she looked like Gaboris Sidibe, she not would not have gotten this role. So she earned this role in part, in good measure, because of her her superficial characteristics. She's like a female. The very thing she's complaining Affleck. about. Yeah, uh, Affleck definitely. It's not can't. a great analogy. No, Sorry. maybe the female Matt Damon. She definitely uh, Ben Affleck just can't act at all. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. Yeah, embarrassed no, me. she's a, a more talented. She's a female Leo DiCaprio. I don't know how people decide. Like, so after Goodwill Hunting, uh, Matt Damon, who can act, and they just assume Ben Affleck because they were companions on the film. That Ben Affleck was an equally good actor. I don't know why. 
but he just got into movies and he just is he's absolutely horrible in every movie he plays. <laughs> he just can't act. I never figured that out cuz he's he's a horrible actor. Horrible. Matt Damon, really good actor. Yes. But I'm watching the movie which I I don't think is good. I mean, we could probably do an hour on that, but um so like Ben Affleck is like the aloof asshole friend of, yes, of the, the smart guy. The South, yeah. Which I feel like was probably the actual dynamic in, <laughs> probably. in real life. Probably. <laughs> Matt Damon was a smarter, more talented guy. And Affleck was he was Affleck was riding his coattails. They gave Affleck the the scene where he's like, Well, I'm I'm gonna bribe the CIA. And uh, so it's like, so how much money you got on you? And I'm like, well, this this really doesn't make any sense. By the way, that movie's retarded. How co- so? If you're into like theoretical mathematics, there's no way that Will could be smarter than the professor. No, because he they only it's it's all um, esoteric. So it's not like you're right or wrong. So he's like, see, I'm burning these equations. I'm so much smarter than you. Like, no, the the fucking professor would just be like. No, eat a dick. I'm way smarter than you. Like you can, you can leave now. I like, always fast it, it's forward. It's not like there's a, a wrong or right to these. Things. I always fast forward through movie scenes where they write proofs on the chalkboard. I just, I just yeah, it's bad. I don't like that. I uh, Brie Larson. So I'm going to see Captain Marvel, and I have to give it an inspirational, inspirational. So it says, so it says like, and the, one of the reviews actually said, well, Beyond Slate, which said it's it's a triumph because it's mediocre. Another one said it's it's insp- inspirational for girls. I'm like. What if you're not a girl? Like, should you still? Well, Ocean's Eight said, even though this isn't a very good movie, it's still a a good movie. You should see it. <laughs> I don't, I don't under, I don't understand that. Like, just say, can't you just say it's not a very good movie? Uh, but well, perhaps- I have a press pass, dude. I don't even give a shit. I don't make money either way. Can't I just show up and be like, yeah, this movie actually sucks. I'm out. This is, the whole thing, the whole thing to me is being promoted and reviewed like it's a a, a traveling. Do you ever have those high school assemblies where inspirational speakers came? Yeah, usually they, uh, they have a palsy or something. Yes, that's what this is like. They're reviewing this as if it's like a high school assa- inspiring <laughs> high school assembly where like no matter how bad it is, you're going to say it was inspiring and good for the kids because it generally sort of is. But this is not. This is a well, fucking... that's mo- fine, but we're fucking 30 years old. Though. And by the way, this is not like Moonlight where it's a movie about a poor black guy with AIDS. This is a Marvel movie. It doesn't need a bump. It doesn't need like a handicap push from you to give it a bump like oh no one will see this important movie if i don't give it a good review it's not some small important film that's not so good but maybe it sends a message that you feel is vital to the world this is just a marvel movie that happens to have a female lead and of course she's going to make some anti-sexist remark comments and and, and the character by the way is fairly dubious as to so they exhausted all of the possible characters right so yes captain what is it? Captain Marvel? Is that what her name is? She's a Air Force captain who gains superpowers. Yes. Yeah, so when I used to sort of casually read comics, mm-hmm. that's when I would throw in the garbage. <laughs> you didn't like chick, chick, chick comic. You didn't like. It. I have. To, I have no problem with that. I just don't. I just re, just give the honest review. You're a journalist. Just give an honest review. And if you want to add a P.S. at the bottom, like. Even though I said this isn't bad, if you have a nine-year-old daughter, she might like this movie. No, fuck that. I mean, I mean, I agree with you. Sorry, I, I am agreeing with you. But why? Why should you have to do that? Why? Why don't you say, "Hey, this movie sucks," and I, I, you know, my job is giving my opinion on things. Because then you feel like you're betraying your uh, newsroom and your social bubble and your employer. Well, then you're betraying your own species and you're a fucking loser. I concur. <laughs> Matt, speaking of uh, men that you admired a ton, Michael Jackson. 
<laughs> you were you were you were you God, I really wish Governor Northam would have done the moonwalking during that conference. That uh, was <laughs> that would have been so amazing. I think about the, the fact that he actually <laughs> was prepared to tried, do it. Yeah, he tried it, and his wife said, "Didn't she just say no, no, not appropriate?" No. She said, "Not appropriate." Like he was geared to yes. start doing the moonwalk, which al- a- almost made me love him. Actually, no, it, it. I had no opinion of him before or after, but I was like, I like. It's I, such I a dumb guy. It. It's such a typical dumb guy move <laughs> that it would have made him re- actually relatable if he had done it. <laughs> yeah, as yeah. racist as it might have been, he should have overrode his wife and done yes. it. He should have pulled out like some shoe polish and put on blackface and just done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be on Twitter like I support this guy. <laughs> yes. So, uh, did you see? Uh, you, did you watch any of Return to Neverland? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Uh, it's fucking hard to watch. Frightening. First of all, it's frightening. I, I watched it over the course of like. Did you did you believe the days. guy? Did you believe the uh, accusers? Well, of course. Who wouldn't believe? It? Well, what do, you, what do you think is in it for them? Well, uh, well, they, there's been money. I mean, they have there are su- there are active lawsuits going on against the. You estate. cannot you cannot train someone to act that way. So you believe? So uh, you think they are different than Jesse Smollett in in their on TV uh, presence? I think that um, so Smollett was pretty good. Dude, if you're going to defend Michael Jackson. <laughs> the, no, I, I don't mean you, but in his general. Fan, yes, his fans. I, I've, I've seen this. Swarming on social media. So do you think these guys just perfected this act and that Michael Jackson is the one guy, no, the one adult male in the history of the world that likes to sleep with boys in the same bed and doesn't want to start diddling their buttholes? Do you really think that's the case? No, of course it's or not Or do you the think case. that... That maybe your weird fandom of Michael Jackson, which I don't even get, by the way, is probably um, informing your opinion on this? I would say uh, no. I would say for all the large ladies who are his, who represent his fan base, that was my question. Like, how far will these fans go to, like, deny reality? Now, I will, I will say this. There was a full trial. Uh, was that 10 years ago or so? And he was not found guilty. I mean, he was he was he was found innocent, or not enough proof for the civil case. So yeah, there was so an actual mu- trial with these same guys testifying, and the jury did not, you know, come back with a, a guilty verdict or a, a criminal so uh, civil said, verdict. Did you watch the whole thing? Because in the no, I didn't watch the whole thing. I could get through the child rape. It, <laughs> dude, it it was. I rough. was like, yeah, watch some more. Give me some pretzels and watch some more. Child I rape. felt like giving myself like a just a black power fist for <laughs> yes. powering through it, but. <laughs> They they do go into graphic detail, but um, the two guys that, that were um, profiled, you know, they said that it is a victim mentality. So you're expecting a, a teenage kid to to testify, and, and you know they've been through a lot of trauma. So oh, I, I don't doubt that's uh, radically sexually assaulted to to testify the, the truth t- at the time. And, yes, and now they're sort of you know becoming more mature, and and they're like, well. This did happen. I agree with that. I, I think there should be a. I agree with both sides. One is that it may take twenty years for someone to realize what happened, but at the same time, it's also hard to prosecute somebody on twenty-year-old crimes, just because of the time. The time lapse is kind of fucked up. But the time lapse is they want to do this. They want to. They're trying to do away with the statute of limitations on child rape cases. But the problem is, if you bring a thirty-year-old case, just like the fucking uh, Kavanaugh shit, like shitty wrote in his yearbook in the eighties or whatever. It's so far removed that it's really hard to get, even from honest people, to get an honest interpretation out of them from the stuff that happened so long ago. So at some point, you got to tell, like, you know, 
you got to let the guy go. I mean, you just have to say it's been 20 years. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's dead. And Well, now they can't get him anyhow. And, you know, his fucking shit-ass fucking nephews are... They all have opinions on it. It's like, oh, I wonder why that's... Uh, uh, is it because you don't want to lose the money right. and not work ever and do whatever the fuck you're doing? But Corey Feldman said uh, Michael Jackson never, never raped him. Okay, well, that exonerates Michael Jackson. He didn't <laughs> fuck one kid. Yes. Great. Uh, you know, my, my theory on the whole Corey Feldman, uh, Michael Jackson, Corey Feldman, is it actually prejudiced to assume that pedophiles like ugly kids. <laughs> like, like, like... Corey Feldman was a very unattractive child. Was he? Yeah, yeah, he's just an unattractive guy. I mean, these other two kids look more like sort of they could have been like you know male commer- little kid commercial. They kids. They were more twinky. Yes, kids. yes. God, I can't believe I just. Can we edit that out? <laughs> like, why would you? Why would you assume that like a uh, uh, a pedophile would equally like ugly and pretty kids the same? <laughs> like, it's sort of like prejudice against pedophiles to assume they have no tastes in children. No, it's a good point. I mean, I have sex with a lot of strange women, but it's not like. Just because I didn't fuck your secretary, that doesn't mean that I, you know, I'm not fucking the next chick. You know? Well, I mean, it's, 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 it, you're assuming that someone with a weird or even criminal compulsion doesn't also have taste in, in their sex partners. Well, so just to play devil's advocate, wouldn't the Macaulay Culkin thing fly in the face of that? Because apparently, and I don't know if Macaulay Culkin is even telling the truth. I would assume he is. Oh, yeah, that's true. Although I think he, he seems like he has a lot of damage. A lot of trauma. Oh, for uh, fucking! You mean, yeah, he was on drugs for like ten years. 15. Yeah, he was, he was doing a lot of smack. But you know, Macaulay Culkin said, you know, Michael Jackson, we just we just uh, hung out in hotels. He didn't fuck me. Yeah, but also, but rapists, serial killers—they always p- predators. They always pick on the weakest. Of course, that's why they targeted the the horrible parents. The horrible parents of these horrible kids who needed money or whatever they wanted from Michael Jack to get free trips. Yeah, Michael and Jackson ain't stupid. No, I mean, these someone like. Think about it. Michael Jackson probably crossed paths with I don't know ten thousand kids in his lifetime. Easily, he maybe raped ten and fifteen of them. Mm. Right? He didn't. It's not like it's not like a rapist. I mean, conservatively, sure. <laughs> it's not like I mean, think about a rapist. Okay, so an actual rapist, rapist, a guy who jumps out of alleyways and, and assaults women. Right. He passes thousands of women in his weekly routine. Yeah, I mean, he rapes. Think, he rapes one. Think about a, a long haul trucker that that kills women as a serial killer. He's not targeting Hillary Clinton. No. Right? And he's also not killing every single woman he meets. He's meeting like 500 women, crossing paths with everyone for everyone he selects as his victim. Right. So if you're going to come out and say, well, you know, I hung out with Ted Bundy and uh, he actually bought me a drink. It's yes. Like, okay. Well, it's anecdotally, you're a fucking moron <laughs> if, if, if you're going to claim innocence on that. Yeah. Or like he helped at our charity fundraiser. Like, okay. Yeah. So like yeah, and then sure. he went home and killed a woman. <laughs> like like right. They're not like you're missing like, half the story. Yeah, the serial predators are not like spree killers. They're not like vi- you know uncontrollably violent killers. Well, how come Culkin doesn't realize this? Uh, I just think people are they probably. And by the way, Michael Jackson was probably really kind to these kids, like to these other to Culkin and Feldman. He was probably really oh, yes. good to them. Yeah, I'm sure he was. He fucking had a ranch with llamas, dude. He had a llama. I, I tra- sent a message. Giraffe. He had giraffes and monkeys. You know house. that you can DM. Uh, sorry, direct message um, people on um, Instagram. So I sent Paris Jackson mm-hmm. a message. That she get back, said, did she get back to you? Uh, yeah, she did. Did she really? Yeah, she said, fuck off. Oh, yeah. But I said, um, maybe you should consider giving your trust and your inheritance to the victims of sexual abuse. Oh, interesting. 
Which I thought was a pretty good, you know, just yes. a good talking point. Although, yeah, although I would say, first of all, obviously not her. She didn't do anything wrong, first off. And second well, off, she's living off the money of a guy that raped kids. Yes, although he did not make money off. Ra- it wasn't like he made money off raping kids. No, that <laughs> wasn't his. He didn't have a fucking porn hub. <laughs> That's channel. what I'm Like he wasn't. Well, he wasn't like a sex trafficker, like stealing little kids for sex for you know for sex sale. Well, I never. He made his money off his music. So this is this is probably something you could help me out with because, um, so I was born in 1982 and I grew up in Alaska, so I was a little bit behind the times, um. So I, I recognize that Michael Jackson was um, good at dancing and singing at the same time, which is not to be overlooked. Like, that is a, a really good skill. He, he was what you call an entertainer. Similar to playing guitar and harmonica at the same time. Yes. It's not easy. Um, however, when you're a pop star, a, a lot of your image is is the way you look, right? His Im- yes. So when he became really scary looking yes i was like 11 and i was like i don't understand why this really freakish looking man is like a a, a pop star because elvis you mean his nose fell for off? example like elvis was like attractive you know, classic a, male model looking guy attractive guy i'm uh whitney houston i'm sure there are other examples usually they're attractive people that can sing. Well, because you didn't, know case, old, you didn't know old Michael Jackson. You only knew freaky Michael Jackson. I only knew the freaky Michael Jackson. Because he was an adorable kid. He was an adorable looking kid when they started out. He was a kid. He was a kid singer with the Jackson 5. He was like nine. Okay. And he was, a, he was fucking adorable. Well, if Johnny Cash turned into like a charcoal... Like, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm saying when he became... He was already... By the time he became freaky Michael Jackson, he was already super fucking famous. So like he didn't become famous because he became famous when he was still an well, attractive. Well, I get that, and he he wasn't he was a good looking guy when he was the way he was born. I just didn't get coming up into the sort of you know late nineties, uh, sorry, late eighties to early nineties. I didn't understand it was what c- was happening when he ble- So uh, people get very upset when you say he bleached his skin, which he did bleach his skin. He had that he does did have that skin disease where you got like blotchy. Litavigo. Blo- uh, yeah, where people get blotchy, black people get blotchy uh, white patches on their skin. Yeah, but he did ble- he did have bleached the rest of his skin, and also by the way, he had twelve plastic surgeries on his well, face. Well, I wouldn't even mind because honestly, like I, you know, you've seen people who get the white patches. I, I wouldn't even judge someone for sort of evening it out, really. No, but he went stark white. Clearly, I he mean, he went, became whiter than I am. Yes, I just I took a photo with four friends who were all white, and I was way whiter than all of them. Yeah. and he was whiter than I would have been. And he had plastic surgery on his nose, his cheeks, his other body parts, and his face. So it was kind of weird. Like that was not related to and his, his chin. And his chin. The that was chin part is sort of under discussed. His nose actually fell off. He was wearing it like yeah, his pres- nose fell off. Prosthetic nose. And that was again. Th- none of that was related to the, the the skin condition. It was related to the fact that he had too many plastic surgeries. So right. he so was modif- he was modifying his face out of per- for personal reasons. Like I get if you're a little bit crazy, it's like <laughs> it's very crazy. Yeah, you're a little bit dangerous. Now imagine that guy fucking fondling you in bed when you're like you're How old. does your nose <laughs> By the way, how is that doctor not disbarred? They kept operating until his nose fell off and then kept he had pain, to wear dude. a surgical mask. Kept paying, dude. Because cuz he didn't have a nose. Yeah. He had no nose. Well, I mean, he was, I guess he was. I guess he was a, a karmically died the same way because he died having 
a fucking Bahamian doctor giving him propofol at his house. Like, did that guy go to jail? By the way, uh, he did actually go to jail for a short period of time. Good, but uh, you know, the the doctor was actually texting chicks on his phone, like sexting chicks, and forgot to pay attention to Michael Jackson. I'm pretty (laughs) sure (laughs) when when Michael Jackson passed away that his his uh, I thought he was Haitian. What was it? An island an island doctor. He went to. He went to take a shit, and yeah. then he came back, and Jack Jacko was just... I think he was talking to girls. It was a story I heard he was talking to girls. Either way, he wasn't paying attention to his patient, who didn't then fucking grab, like, fucking liquid propofol and just fucking chugged Well, it I've never shit. even been into a, a sedated situation, but from what I understand, like, even at the dentist, yeah, I, I think propofol is, is, like, this is if you're having major... Like we're gonna pry your rib cage. Open. Oh, it's the it's the countdown from you know five, four, three. You're out in four seconds. You're completely dead in four seconds. You're like, uh, depending on how much they give you, you're completely unconscious. So how do you, if if that's what you do on a normal basis, and I'm honestly curious, I don't know, because like occasionally I have problems sleeping. It'd be like taking ten sleeping pills. So I'll take a couple Benadryls. Yeah, imagine taking ten. Well, do you wake up like rested, or do you just wake up like psychotic? No, you wake up. They they bring you back slowly, and they give you some other medication to bring you back. So you actually wake up uh, feeling fine. I mean, it's it, they fine tune it. They fine tune it, right? Like an anesthesiologist will fine tune it, so they only give you enough to keep you under, and then I, bring you out. So I, they're not I've like known a few anesthesiologists, dude. I I think <laughs> they're like, dude, it's all it's all fucking. Good. It's like if you if you uh, if you uh, I don't know if you if you've ever smoked or vaped like modern weed. But like how strong how strong it is compared to like old weed, right? And so like you know we're used to like smoke a joint or something like that. Now you take like two hits and you're like fucking spinning in circles. So like you need like actually someone to dose. If you don't dose it by the gram amount, you can really fuck yourself up. So propofol has to be obviously very carefully administered, like in micro doses. Well, do you think Jackson had problems sleeping? Because I mean, I have problems sleeping too. But do you think maybe? The guilt of fucking a lot of young boys was eating away at him. No, not at all. I think he was just a, a fucked up dude in physical. I mean, you saw like Prince was on Percocet. I mean, I think these guys who are. Well, I wouldn't compare the two. No, but what I'm saying is like these guys who entertain. Like Tom Petty was the same way. These guys who actually are on tour, especially the dan- like Michael Jackson, the shit he did in concert. Yeah. At like age fifty. It just fucking kills your limbs. Yeah, apparently your hip just gives out at yes. some point. Yeah, they're like golden retrievers, dude. You can't like. You can't be like an old horse or an old dog doing the same fucking jumping tricks anymore. I don't know. I feel like my hip is in good shape. Like one of my biggest fears is having to get a hip replacement. <laughs> yes. But I I don't know. I just I feel like my dad had one better than better than ever. Is he? Uh, well, he, well, he fractured his hip. He had to get one. But um, how old but, is he? Oh, like in his is eighty, like eighty. And but he, I mean, he, he got with some, Yeah, no, it took about six months, but it better. I mean, a metal hip. Is better than an old bone hip. <laughs> so, like a titanium hip is better than an eighty-year-old bone hip. So, you're actually better off. All right. Well, I'm going to start. <laughs> yes. You know, playing the odds. But like, you know, Prince would jump off fucking speakers, and Michael Jackson did his fucking gymnastics well, in routine. Platforms too, yes. by the way, and like, yeah, and, and emaciated, like, or underweight, I should say. But even even Tom Petty was like doing drugs for like he was six late sixties touring. And they're just fucking, they're just in a lot of pain. I mean, you're just an old dude, like, doing shows every night. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it's just hard on your body. I mean, it's just, it's not as hard as, like, having a real job. Well, dude, just. But how many people have real jobs at 67? Well. Like, lifting look, shit. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, 
you and I just try standing up for five hours straight. It's hard. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it is. And if you're if you're if you're sixty seven, you just take and you take pills to make it go away. So I I don't know the the the, the Michael Jackson fans. So if you read any any feet any social media commentary on Michael Jackson, ninety nine percent of them say leave Michael alone. Also, by the way, you can't speak ill of the dead, Matt. So there's that rule in place. I can't. I can't do it. Why can't you do that? I don't know. Like, what, what kind of rule? What are we fucking gypsies? What, what, are, you're, what are you, the fucking <laughs> Sue? I don't fucking like. Fucking roaming bull? What are you so talking about? Like, of course we can talk shit about the dead. Especially a you guy. You know how many dead people have done a lot of fucked up shit? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're not talking dead. I mean, you don't talk bad about the dead who didn't hurt anybody. You don't do that when they're alive. But like, if a guy raped children, I think you're still allowed to talk bad about him after he dies. Like that's not easily. Like, it's like, what if he just left for Canada? You're no longer allowed. Just don't speak about the Canadians. <laughs> don't speak ill of the Canadians. Like if he crosses a border, is that like a you know can't speak ill of him? It makes no sense. No, I mean, I, I have a lot of Native American friends, as you know, and I, I'm kind of the Inuit I, people. I, I, no, well, okay, no. So, all right. So there's that's uh, all I learned in school about. There Alaska. are Eskimos, Eskimo people mm-hmm. that there's Inupiaq and and in, um, yes, can't remember. People the live in igloos. I know who you're talking about. And uh, most mostly uh, the part of Alaska I came from is Athabascan Indian, so it's a little bit different. But they all make their houses out of ice. So go on. Uh, no, they uh, <laughs> they get government cheese. Um, they still kill baby seals though. Which is fine. I mean, they and, and they kill whales. I've actually eaten blubber. Really? Yeah. Probably not very yummy. No, it's disgusting. Yeah. Although it will, it will feed you. I mean, it is, if you're starving, if you're hungry enough, I guess it's okay. Well, I'm like, dude, if you're a white guy, like, if you have a reality show telling fucking Eskimos what to do, I'm like, I'm on the side of these guys, these other guys. Do you think people who grow up in cultures that eat disgusting food just don't mind eating disgusting food? No, they think it's gross. Yeah, I think so too. They they know it's gross, but it's a point of pride. Um, you get used to it, I guess. No, it's it's just a ritual. Now, if you were raised as a child eating some gross food, that when you got older, you probably stop eating it, but it wouldn't like gross you out like it would gross other people out. Yeah, I mean, I, if you're Scandinavian, you put fish eggs on toast and whatnot, but that's I don't know. That's <laughs> that's really not what the Eskimos are. It's it's not like they can the blubber and like. They're like, oh yeah. man, you know what I really want right now when For the I'm fight. drunk, dude. We're gonna watch a game and get some blubber, <laughs> blubber out. Uh, pork fat's delicious, by the way. I love pork fat. Um, barbecues and stuff like that. Well, it's cooked, I guess. It's not raw. They eat it raw. The blubber well, raw. Y- yes, yeah. or, or canned, but it it has this um, really disgusting fishy taste. Yeah, yeah. Whales are mammals, battle. Have you known they're smarter than people? I forgot why we were talking about. Although this. the whales are smarter than people when they open up the Sea World, where it's got j- people jump around. <laughs> yeah, this is like, oh, you know, dolphins are probably smart. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> what have they invented ever? Oh, they swim by a boat. Great. Like I could a fucking retarded kid would do that too if he was athletic. They're smart. They're, let's put it this way: they're smart in the halibut. <laughs> Matt, uh, we got an email from Ian about like a topic that's right on the nose for you, which is college rape, uh, campus rape. I like campus rape. That sounds actually better than college rape because it implies like some idyllic. You're in some idyllic setting, just trying to study for finals, and someone rapes you. 
Right. Like it's a real like a campus rape sounds like you're in a safe environment on campus just trying to like play frisbee golf or study and then all of a sudden you get grabbed and raped. Yeah, it kind of gives you the image like someone someone climbs into your dorm room. Yes. Even though it's on the third floor. Yes. Uh, so this is this new study came out. Uh, we talked about this before. So six, they're, they're talking about this Title IX thing and how uh, the, the, the Betty, Betsy, whatever the fuck her name is, the Trump, the Trump uh, du- billionaire. DeVos? De- DeVos. Betsy DeVos, De- DeVos is trying to change the uh, thing on college campuses. Where So currently on college campuses, if you're accused of rape, it's guilty until proven innocent. The college campuses have taken over the sexual assault trials from the criminal courts, and they're allowed to find, uh, to charge a, a guy with campus rape and accuse him openly of rape until he proves himself innocent, basically. I am by no means a fan of anything that this woman is no. doing, and she has no business being in this position. But, and she's disgusting. Yeah. However, yes. this does seem like a reasonable thing that she's she's just saying, like, give due process. Yes. And that, that, I, I don't see how that's controversial. It, well, so the, remember the Obama administration that came out with, like, so it's a crazy number that 25% of girls on campus would be sexually assaulted, which is in, just an insane number. <laughs> it didn't make sense to anybody, even with the very most broadest definition of sexual assault, which include like, hey, ladies, show us your tits. You know, uh, I've been assaulted. Which corresponded with the uh, Rolling Stone article yes, in, Vir- in uh, Virginia. Virginia, which was obviously a, you know. There was a campus rape mania. Huge, huge problem with that. Right. And I think we all know that, uh, well, there, while there, we all probably know there's a, a few frat guys on campus that do rape women, uh, that almost always it is, well, always it's at a drinking, some kind of drinking party. Some kind of drinking I, party I've never event. even been involved in that culture. I, I mean, yes. I'm sure that it exists. For yeah. Sure. Well, you know, like there's a, there's got to be an athlete that goes, gets drunk girls and has sex or whatever. There were the University of Michigan State, they were covered up like, He's like three was a basketball player, football players a couple years ago, and they had sexually assaulted like three or four women. But there's also, I mean, legitimate, like legitimately, like yeah, pulled them into their dorm room and had sex. Not, with them. not to negate that whatsoever, but there's also the Duke lacrosse thing where yes. you you find that they are talking. So like we probably talk about it a lot, a lot of time. It's, it's roughly probably in college uh, cases 10, 10 to ninety, right? In terms of. Fake the Fal- real false. So we thought it was the FBI had some. The new study said it was six percent were completely false accusations. But that's not factoring in the college environment. Uh, no, but I'm saying like uh, this is on college campus sexual assault cases. They did a review. Oh, six oh, percent okay. turned out to be completely falsely uh, uh, accusations, where they just completely made up made up the accusations for for reasons to get back at somebody. So that's not or, an insignificant number. No, but even worse on top of that is they found that 45% of the accusations never went forward because there was not even enough evidence to go forward with any sort of case. Well, see, this I meant to talk to you about because, and I don't know, if it's a he said, she said, that doesn't mean that the woman is lying. That just means that there's not enough evidence. No, but I think in those cases... Like, if if you were actually in... So let's say you're in a a dorm room. There's two people there, man or woman. He sexually assaults the woman. I mean, they can't they found, move forward. But if, they would, if they had any any additional evidence, they would move forward. But what what would that mean? A rape it, kit? Always, there's always additional evidence. Well, rape kit would be one. Any witnesses to but, what was going on, like even just I heard him in the. Well, d- no, a guy takes a girl back. He for some reason decides to sexually assault her. 
have you you can't move forward. Have you that. been to college? <laughs> like college guys are not that can they're not that efficient. I mean, there there might be the random psychopath who is that like criminally efficient. Yeah, I mean, there's always the Ted Bundys of the world. This always happens at parties. I lived or, in the same house as him, by the way. I <laughs> yes, don't know if I, I told know. you. Yes, that. you did. But you're, you're talking about yes. There's a small percent of a uh, small percentage of actual rape rapist rapist rapists who are actually cunning and plot their attacks. Right. But almost all these sexual assaults on campus happen at parties, in dorm events, uh, drinking after drinking or whatever. There's always other people around. It's never like it's not guys jumping out of bushes and like in, in ski masks attacking other co like college guys attacking other women. No, of course not. It's almost always these date rape cases and so forth. So another so over half of these cases never even proceed to an actual uh, evidentiary like a tri- any sort of trial. And so among that half, I don't know how many are actually convicted after that, but let's say it's half are found guilty or two thirds even. That r- net result is that two thirds of these rape accusations on campus never find the person guilty. No, which I, is I, a huge. That's a huge. That's a huge number. Yeah, and and so DeBoss in in this, I, I would like to stipulate. You're in not this a DeVos one fan? particular instance. Then what's with that DeVos tattoo you have, Matt? <laughs> with an old lady tattoo. No, you want to be a racist cunt, like whatever. And and I I don't know if if they're pander if she's pandering to rapists. Or, or people like Trump that are that are just disgusting human beings, or 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 if if you know she just saw some reason in this case, but it it does seem like uh, I think she's just anti. I think she's anti university political correctness is basically what she is. So yeah, and, and the and the Obama thing was like the Obama administration swung the pendulum so far. Yeah, the Obama that was a problem. That was a problem. Like I don't think in the Bush era this was an issue. This was an issue. Like. It wasn't like I think they found like a middle ground, and then one of Obama's campaign promises was to crack down on this rape cult, on a rape culture. So they found you know an issue of, which has probably been going on since ever they've had co-ed colleges, which is like a girl gets drunk and gets raped at a frat house, which has been going on forever, and they turned that into a hysteria of like a widespread hysteria, and, and then, then they changed the, it, and then they but then they but then they changed the actual Title IX. He actually put out a, a thing saying the colleges would lose. The Justice Department actually put out a thing saying college would lose funding if they didn't crack down on sexual assaults on campus. Yeah, it was, it was a real political shithead move. And obviously Obama is a better president than we've had in, in recent years. But that was a real a real pandering fucking bullshit move that, that they did. I think it raised, and then you think about every fucking HuffPo writer was raised in that campus environment. So they were all raised in like this like rape, rape culture was actually... Told they were being told they were being raped at an alarming rate on campus. Well, dude, you listen, and and there's just certain things like that. Like, I'm probably, I don't even know what progressive means, but I'm probably more liberal than most people I know. But when you hear shit like that, it's like, oh, that's why people hate you, you know, because you don't have the capacity for. For being decent, you're not being honest. You're, There's you're no simply nuance. not being honest about it. There's no nuance whatsoever. You have to like take it. You have to take it so far. Like it's like you have to like say, okay, so yes, there is an issue of people getting drunk and women being like some fucking dude laying on top of them having sex with them. That happens it's in some number of cases, and you turn. You can't just say, well, let's stop that. Just like with you the age thing we talked about earlier, pretending that straight people are getting age. Well, you have to like take it to the nth degree. Yeah, but I don't fucking operate that way, and, and neither do you, or nor do your kids or our families. I mean, but it's, it's if, this whole idea you have to create wanna, a hysteria. You have to create a hysteria. 
Well, then but, then I'm going to fucking roll back and be like, why don't you fuck yourself? You yeah. Know, if, if that's what you're going to say, because I actually agree with you in, in theory, but if you're going to start being dishonest, you're no better than the people on the right, in my opinion. I I concur with that. I mean, I, I just this it, this whole campus rape thing is so fucked up. I, I don't know why people go to college anymore, honestly. <laughs> it's like it's, college just looks like such a horror. Just in the last ten years or so, college looks like a horrible. Experience. You're not going to even send your kids to college, are you? I don't want to. I don't really want to. I mean, if they really like wanted to study, there's still a sti- there's unfortunately still a stigma of people who don't have college degrees. There's still like you know if you look at just fucking jobs, I mean like ninety five percent of them say you college degree preferred or required for any you know job that is reasonably paid. So there's still this like social stigma against. It was a big deal to to my dad in in that I like I graduated from college and I, yeah and I, and I actually did, um, and and my parents paid for it, which or well. Yeah, my dad paid. Both of my parents were together. Anyway, they 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 were really. Um, you had to graduate. Well, they they cared enough that they they paid for the in-state college. I mean, granted, they forged some documents so that I got the in-state tuition. No, um, but that's what. But I mean, it was you had to, you felt obligated to go to college and graduate because of their interest. Yes, and and it meant a lot to them, and but, so I'm glad that I did it. But now I'm like. So what a waste! I don't know why. <laughs> it's just, you I mean, just, it just you doesn't. Twenty five grand, and some people spend two hundred fifty thousand. Oh yeah, dollars. well, not only that, but they're, and forget that the people that can afford that. Most people are taking lo- huge loans out, and yeah. they're saddling themselves with loans for this experience. Which is, by the way, if you're going for like a technical degree or pre med or computer engineering, probably all that it all makes a lot of sense. But for these like humanities people and stuff I, like that, I just was encouraged to get a degree in English. So <laughs> yes, I if you want to know anything about the poetry of John Keats, like it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, it's a nice luxury. I put it. It's a nice luxury. But the way campuses are now, are like especially for a guy, like who would want to? You can't even have fun anymore. Who would want to go to college where like you have to take these classes? You're semi interested in maybe at most, and then you're among all these virulently angry people who are like chanting and marching and, and especially if you're like a white dude who would want to go to college anymore well i think my dad is the animal house days being, are far behind somewhat us. of an older guy yes i think he was actually convinced that if you got a degree it would translate into a job yes and i don't i don't know why he didn't know any better but well not not in the in the business you're in but in in most industries, you still have to have a college degree to get it to get a decent job. Well, bro, I could go to fucking. I mean, na- name a company. You don't think I could just say? Oh yes. You don't think you and I are smarter than your average business school fucking jackass? Oh, you mean to lie about it? Yes. Oh yeah, of course you could. They they never they would never check. No. But uh, maybe right when you're 22 or 23, they might like right out of that time they might ask for a transcript or something. I don't remember. I'm too old. I don't remember that day those days. Well, I can forge that easily. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you're familiar with the website Fiverr.com. Yes. Uh, I. I. Where, Mala- where Malaysians go to work. They're not paying me. <laughs> yes. But you can f- essentially get any document you want for five dollars. Yeah, I know where to get passports down in, the, in East LA. And a press pass. <laughs> I was standing inbounds during the the LA Rams game when they played the. Uh, to get a press pass made like in Sur- Suriname or something like that. Everyone in five, everyone in five, as far as I can tell, is from Southeast Asia. Oh yeah, no India too. Yeah, they don't understand English. But no, but there's there's not a lot of places in the countries of the world where you you'll spend eight hours of work for five dollars. <laughs> just there's not a lot of places. <laughs>
Matt, I need to ask you about Johnny Depp. Because Johnny Depp, Depp, yeah, you love Depp. I don't know why you've glommed onto the bracelet-wearing uh, hairband uh, guy who carries bottles of magnums of, of, of red wine in his hand around in the early morning. Dude, I have a magnum at my house. And, by the way, he can play guitar. He's not a poser. He can actually play the guitar. He actually is a decent, he's a decent musician, a decent artist, a, a pretty solid actor, although he's appeared in some of the biggest blockbuster bombs ever. Um, he's always listed every year as the most dramatically overpaid actor. Yeah, yeah. They they break it down statistically. Yes. If, if you headline a movie, basically, and it, he routinely loses money. Yeah, outside of the Pirates movies, which made a lot of money, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, most of his movies have been underwhelming box office. But isn't that a testament to how cool he is, probably? Because yeah. they probably bring him in, and they're like, eh, we could hire uh, Bradley Cooper and Nicolas Cage, but... There's something about Depp. Have you seen his movies, though? They're really, really bad. No, I haven't. They're just, he's just like an affected... <laughs> I've never seen any of the Pirates movies. Well, no, those were actually... I mean, those were fun, you know, action movies. What those was are... his last good movie? I mean, he did, well, he met uh, uh, Amber Heard on that movie uh, where he's in Cuba play, he's, uh, playing... What's his name? That was a boring movie. Yes. That was not good. And I love Hunter S. Thompson, but that was he's not... not he, plays, he always plays like these effete, you know, sort of uh, upscale, like semi-infamous guy characters... He was actually in the Coke movie. He played in that movie where he was a cocaine trafficker. That was a good movie. Which was pretty uh, good. What was that called? That was, I liked. Uh, was it Penelope uh, Cruz? Uh, yeah. Speed, Dust, Speed? something like that. Something uh, like that. Coke, Blow, Snow. Blow, Blow. There blow, you go. yeah. No, he, he's, a, he's a good actor. That was like 20 years ago. He chooses bad, he chooses bad movies. But I'll tell you one thing he did, Matt. Uh, he married a lesbian Amber Heard, a cunning lesbian Amber Heard for some reason. All right, so you and I have been in, well, I wouldn't say disagreement, but... I have maintained the entire time mm -hmm. that she falsified um, the attack because if you looked at the photo that she herself posted onto Instagram, um, she said he threw a phone at her. Yes. And it looked to me like she pressed her iPhone against her face and held it for a while until it turned red because if someone... So, like, I have an iPhone right now. Yes. This isn't good for a podcast. But if I threw this at you and hit you, yes, it would maybe unlikely make an impression on my face. It would split your head open, yes, sort of, or or at the very least, I'd have a Jesse Smollett on my on my cheek. Like I'm not shot putting it on. That's just not how physics works. Yes. So I knew she was lying, and she was trying to frame him, and and she did, and, and she worked. got away with it. And so he divorced. He divorced her, gave her seven million dollars for her. But you were claiming because he got drunk and punched an extra. <laughs> On, well, uh, he, he, he was. You saw him in the in the things where he's punching the the cabinet drawers and stuff like that. And so he seems like the well, kind of guy. I've done that too. By the way, if my girlfriend or, God forbid, wife, was trying to taunt me, yeah, I would go hard the other way. I wouldn't act like, oh no, I'm not doing anything. I'd be like, oh, you're gonna film me doing this. Like I, I would literally like if I had a gun, I would just start shooting shit. <laughs> Honestly. Well, it's kind of a. I mean, he's kind of like the guy who throw. He's kind of like a a woman in the sense that he gets angry drunk and throws like throws things or hits inanimate objects he was drinking a magnum of wine in the morning yes and wearing so. 17 and wearing 17 bracelets yeah so including those uh, uh what do you call them the, the knitted the knitted bracelets like the you know the rope bracelets yeah the mexican uh, uh, whatever it is the friendship the friendship bracelets and the other meaningful bracelets the point is it was it was sort of like i could see him like throwing a phone seems like something he would do not to hit, not to try and hurt her necessarily, but like throwing shit seemed to be his thing. So again, I agree that she probably she probably either went back and like smashed the 
like like your guy, uh, what's his name, Swigum. She went back, uh, Caleb Swigum. Mick Swiggin. Mick Swiggins. She clearly may have went back and like smashed the phone against her face before she took the photo to make it look worse. But he probably was like throwing shit around her. Yeah, but I well, I don't know because I can see him being a, a sort of weirdly violent guy. I, I don't. Th- I bet well, he's ever punched a person in his life. You, dude, you will get violent if someone puts it out there. Yes. Like I. I you obviously probably have never experienced this because your wife is a very pleasant person from what I've experienced, and she, she seems great. But I've dated a lot of cunts. And they, if they rile you up, and you're right. like, dude, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to sit here. like I don't want any part of what you're doing. If they keep pushing it at a certain point, yeah, you will start throwing shit. Well, so here's the thing. So he married this woman. Who was a, a well? Du- that was a bad call. A dubious, a, a lesbian with dubious, lesbian lesbian with dubious history. Uh, you remember she got arrested without a prenup. Without a prenup, she got arrested for assault. Don't forget. She assaulted her girlfriend, girlfriend in the Seattle airport. Red flag. Uh, yeah. So the fact that she's having a, a fisticuffs with her lesbian girlfriend in the airport, that to me, uh, not the fact that she's a lesbian, that's also a red flag. But <laughs> huge red. By the way, under under discussed, yes. huge red flag. Yes, yeah, so that she suddenly decides she likes men. And she's going to marry a, a, a rich, famous guy. A big problem. So here's the thing. So they divorced, and now uh, they had the settlement agreement where they had to say, like, nobody was at fault. We both agreed that we had, uh, uh, were, were not the best we could be, but nobody did anything wrong to each other. So, so th- he's pissed. He's pissed. And he had to give her $7 million to that f- uh, unnamed charity, which she's supposed to give money. She's supposed to give I actually to. looked it up the other day. Yes. And it was reported on, I don't know, the fucking New York Times or some horseshit thing that... So she, she donated the seven million dollars, and I don't believe that that's accurate. I, I would like to see. I the think receipts. that she still has the seven million. She said she would give it away in like six months, and then uh, well, yeah, you can say whatever you want. Remember, Depp's people said uh, Depp's attorney said we'll we'll just write the check to the charity. But then she sued him for that. Yes, so she said no. So you got to question her motivation <laughs> at that go, point. It's got to go to her. Although I guess if you are the one who gives it, you get the tax write off, something like that. So I feel like Depp is a good dude who just kind of yeah. like we've all got caught up in bad relationships, weird pussy, right? Yeah, but I think he's had a lot of bad relationships. I think it's I think it's him. In the very, in the very least, let's say this: he picks the wrong people. Yeah, he's a he has very poor taste in in in, in who he couples up with. Well, maybe he, you know, he trusts people too much. Yes, he's a little like most actors. He's very infantile. But now he's suing her for fifty million dollars, Matt, uh, which must make you happy because he claims uh, his legal team claims she bra- defamed him and breached their agreement by uh, basically continuing to, to refer to him as an assault, you know, a husband who assaulted her. In, in public in public uh, communications. Well, I'm quite sure she conspired against him, and uh, also she started fucking Elon Musk, which makes me yes, want odd. to not invest in Tesla stock ever. Very, very odd. Um, oh, that was that was that was a kicker for you. You were you were fully buying Elon until uh, he started having sex with Amber. Well, Hurst. no, I'm pretty sure he's a con man. Um, yes, but that that was a, a, another of the red flags. If I were investing money. I, I would say let's let's not uh, give money to the guy that's fucking Amber Heard, who just filed an erroneous uh, rape claim. Yeah, good for Elon. Uh, by the way, way, go to, way to go out on a limb with Elon Musk by picking up a crazy chick who just, you know, ex- extorted her husband for seven million dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, like talk about red flags. She got the biggest red flags of all. But I guess he wanted that. He just wanted her so badly. He didn't give. He didn't give a shit. No, he's a fucking moron, and he has no business running company. If the, if that's your judgment, I understand. Like some people, be like, well, you know, geniuses—they're uh, not always reasonable. 
Yeah, that's true. But he's not a genius. He's just a fucking douchebag. Although I'll tell you what he had that Johnny Depp doesn't have. I bet he has lots of legal agreements in place. Probably. So he's probably not he's probably not the guy like, ah, I trust you, Amber Heard, with my life. You're <laughs> the, the love of my life, you angry lesbian, cunning lesbian. <laughs> Here, we don't need any legal agreements between us. I'm sure he's surrounded by uh, a legal team who protects him from himself. I wonder else. how many times any of them fucked, honestly. It's, it's uh, Johnny and Amber? Yeah, I, I mean, know. you're all methadoned out. Like, what's your what's your wanger like at that point? He seemed like he was better off with that Italian model actress, and they saw only saw each other like one month out of the year. They were married for like twelve years. Uh, the mother of his yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seemed like a better relationship. She was hot. For, yeah, that seemed like a better relationship for him. Like, someone you don't have to spend much time with, who's vaguely European and is some sort of like model into art. That seemed yeah, like I a mean, better so, better match for him. Like, I I wish I could do impressions, and I can't. If if I could, I would I would just love my life, but. So who talked, like, just ask me a hypothetical question. I'll, I'll pretend to be Johnny Depp. Uh, how is your relationship with Amber Heard going? <laughs> oh, well, I, I don't know. It's, um, oh, you know, it's, it's, uh, no, it's pretty good. You know, she's a good, it's like, what, what is that? Are you, are you fucking Irish? Are you English? Are you Native American? What? What are you doing? I think you've convinced yourself. You're your, from Louisville. You convince yourself through Louisville. the years. I love when, uh, by the way, good actor, uh, Christian Bale, speaks in public and he's very British and everyone gets really shocked. Yeah, yeah. Because he's been in so many major American movies doing so many different American accents oh, perfectly dude, I, that I, they're like, I, everyone just freaks out when he, they learn that he speaks British. I he's freaked crazy. out on uh, Alfred Molina because I, I rarely listen to Mark Maron's podcast because yeah. I find him annoying as fuck. He's and no Terry Gross. <laughs> do, do not disparage uh, Terry Gross. She's great. Um, but... Uh, so I only know Alfred Molina. I know that he's a really respected actor, but I yes. only know him from the Boogie Nights scene where he's like smoking crack. Right. And so I just always assumed he was like from fucking Montana or something. <laughs> but he was like the most British guy of all time, and it, it threw me for a loop. I think half the people on our, in our movies, American movies and television, have just natively British accents. Yeah, they all seem even like on TV shows where they're playing like New York cops. They're all British. But why doesn't it go the other way? Like. I have an Irish passport. I, am I going to move to England and and start, you know, doing a bad? Because it always comes out. So anytime, well, there's... there have been a few. There've been a few. I just I think the impression is real or not that Americans can't do British accents well, like that Americans cannot fake British accents. Can't fake British accents well. Like they sound comical. well. No, because we don't watch British TV. They so they they grow up watching our stuff, which is a good product. Right. I, I'm not watching fucking garbage. You know. The, you know the the king and I or something. There've been a few cases watching where, British Shakespeare productions. There's been a few cases where like American actors have done the British accent and they always drop in and drop out of the accent. It's always very well. They but alarming. They, <laughs> but the so do the British people, man. Like, um, what was um? Like Christian Bale's great. I love Christian. There Bale. was a uh, what was it called? The, there's a crime thriller on on Netflix which was pretty good. I think it was based on the Unabomber, and uh, it was it was called. Uh, we'd have to look it up if we had a producer. I miss Brian, but point being, so it's it was egregious enough that the actor was playing a guy from Philadelphia, right? Right. But he was British, and so part of the central plot of this of this, I, I wish we could just so people knew what I was talking about, um, is, is that the guy is from Philadelphia. So it's it's like a regional distinction, right? So he says water. Because like people from Philly kind of say water, like they right. so he trained he trained himself on Philly accents. Yeah, but he sounded like he was from like 
the depths of New Zealand or something. <laughs> like it was like, and and it wouldn't have been a big deal. But the whole point was that he was supposed to be from Philadelphia. And I'm like, why don't you just fucking get a guy from Philly? So he's like, yeah, well, I, I, I yeah, you know, uh, water. And then, and then he said, like, well, who says water? And like, well, he's from Philadelphia. You know, that's like a hundred miles from the city of fucking New Jersey or whatever the fucking thing was said. And I'm like, this is egregiously horrible casting. Yes. Because you're, you know, there are plenty of guys that grew up on the East Coast that can act, right? I mean, even Christian Bale, granted, he's, probably was incubated somewhere but he can do an accent but it it's like if you want to ignore it if you if, if you don't want to make it a big deal i get that but for it to be the central point of a plot and then for it to be a british guy that sounds british who's supposed to be from philadelphia i was pissed yeah i, I was really fucking pissed about it i feel the same way can every you time Google I, watch it? I, I don't know what the fucking show is I every time i every time i watch angry. chris hemsworth i feel the same way trying to hide his australian accent He's just yeah, not very good at it. He just keeps dropping letters. <laughs> just be from Philadelphia. Like, I don't understand why you can't rewrite a script. So, obviously, in the first place, like, so he works for the FBI. So, how come he can't just be like, well, you know, let's let's take 10 minutes and write it. Well, you know, we have this uh, British guy that came in from the British FBI. <laughs> like, that's all you got to do. Right. That's all you got to do. Like, <laughs> I, think well, it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a prestige to doing, to, to, to doing the accents. Like pretending to be from another country or not, there's some sort of acting prestige in, involved in that. And portraying someone you're radically not. Well, for sure, and and some people are good at it, but I mean, I don't think that makes you a, a better actor just because you can impersonate an accent. It's like, yeah. all right, well, you, if you do it, if you do it well, perhaps if you don't do it well, well Christian still, Bale is yeah. great at it. There's guys, Gary Oldman, other guys like that are actually solid. With like, they can play guys from different countries, and they're work. right. And then you hear Gary, Gary Oldman talk, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, me poppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah man. That guy's out. Matt, I want to end the show today on how idiotic people are in this, in this country. So there's this story this week about, actually, I think it was a month ago, about this teenager from Ohio. His mom had insisted that none of the kids get vaccinated in the family. He was an anti, she was a virulent anti-vaxxer. I think she was married, but she ran the house. And none of the kids, I think they had five kids, now all into the early and late teens. None of them had been vaccinated. And the son, like literally, like the, the teenage son, literally ran away from home to get vaccinated. To get vaccinated. He just, really? Yeah. He just didn't want to be, it was like he actually read science and he discovered that like his mom was putting it in incredible jeopardy. And so he like literally ran away from home to get vaccinated. Good for him. Yeah. And so it was this big became this big news story, and then it turns out the mom is not some like religious freak or some weird psychopathic whatever woman. She's just a suburban mom who got all her information from Facebook. <laughs> she learned she learned all her. She became an anti vaxxer after joining a Facebook Facebook group, from uh, a news group on anti the dangers of anti vaccination, and then decided from that that all her against medical orders that all her children should not be vaccinated. Yeah, it's frightening. So, and, she, and by the way, she's not. She is not alone. No, she's not alone at all. It's a uh, huge. Uh, it's a huge growing move among other idiotic movements that grow on social media. This one, of course, killing, going to kill people. Yeah, but all these. So, how many children does she have? Like eighteen? Yeah, like four or five. Oh, great. Um, so I'm I'm 37, which which sounds old. 
Very old. It is old. Um, I have zero children. I, I've seen you interact with your uh, children, and, and you seem to be a, a good parent. That's what my T-shirt says. How many children do you have? 19, 20? <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, More than anybody should in Los Angeles. So I was looking at fertility rates last night for some reason. Um, and it's it's actually pretty frightening that so the the highest uh, fertility rate is um, it's all uh, Central Africa. These women. Have, I mean, worldwide. You mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. By by country. Yes. Um, the highest rates are Zimbabwe, et cetera. They have roughly seven uh, children per woman, which I find fucking frightening because there are women that have zero children. So that means. Well, sort of to, by, to yes. get that average. Well, you, to have zero children, you have to, that has to be a choice, essentially. Um, well, I mean, or, or or just biologically, you're not capable. Well, do you think? I mean, I think a, a woman in Zimbabwe or a woman in Montana, if she had lots of sex without protection, would have lots of babies as well. Well, not seven, <laughs> seven per person. Um, well, so you're also starting at 14. Well, do you way. know what the U.S. is? If Do you want to guess? The U.S. is like 2.1 or 1.8, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like one. But if it's a demographically, very, uh, Caucasian women are like at 1.1 and Hispanic women like at 3. and It's very different based on demographics. But yeah, the, the average is like 1.8 or 1.9. We're, no yeah. repro- we're no longer reproducing to our population. No, and, and actually Mexico, because... Of the stereotype, you know, I, I have sex with a lot of Mexican women. Mm, yeah, of course. It's my thing. Uh, El Diablo, they call you. Not the uh, fat ones <laughs> hanging outside. El Chapo. Is it El Chapo or El Diablo? I don't remember. <laughs> El Ch- uh, wait, El Chapo is... Like a little guy or something. A uh, little, uh, little fellow. Wero, Wero is, uh, Wero is uh, you know, white guy. Um, I don't hang out with their families. Uh, anyway, but... The, it, it, in Mexico, it's actually only slightly above two. So yes. you gotta you gotta figure. I don't understand what these people are doing in India. I mean, with all the kids. Well, yeah, there's a I, couple things. One is what the fuck is going on. One is there's zero birth control. There's zero birth control. What is birth? Uh, well, pu- I mean, if the pull, women pulling come on the uh, forehead. No, yeah, pulling out. Coitus interrupt this. But they're not doing that. So basically, the women in a lot of these cultures are just being raped, essentially, right, by their husbands. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, they're they're not a lot. Men have sex with them whenever they want, and the women can't use any protection. And by the way, oh, by the way, they get married like at thirteen or fourteen. So you know, they're fertile for thirty years, and the guy's you know basically you know coming in them whenever he wants to. So they're going to have unless they have some sort of biological issue, they're going to have a lot of babies. It's like did you grow up with Catholic families? I grew up in a yeah, Catholic neighborhood. There was a, a, a Catholic family that lived in down the street, and I believe she had she had like sixteen children. Yeah, uh, we grew up in a Catholic block, and like the first woman like was married, had her first kid like at nineteen or twenty, and her last one like at forty two. So like they're not allowed to use protection, and they're supposed to create children. So you know. So what is your vagina like at that point? Uh, I think the vagina is bad, but I think also just the whole the whole thing. <laughs> There's a reason why the Kardashians pay for the other people to carry their babies. Well, some weird guy was explaining to me that um, the more children, you, this is actually a guy that ran a charity. I should not say the name of the charity at this point, um, but uh, people have kids because the more kids you have, the more public assistance you can get. Uh, I think that's. I think it's either that or prestige. You get some prestige out of it, or some sort of social status out of it. Well, I get that whole macho thing. Like my whole for the joke, guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have I have a bit, but it's like uh, 
Why don't you just make a sex tape? Like, so, so you have eight kids. That means that you plausibly have fucked eight times. Like, I've fucked thousands of times. And no kids. And I have no kids. But so that's what I'm saying. That's what's more impressive. Between you and Zimbabwe, well, Eddie Murphy has just had his 10th kid. Uh, that guy, Cromartie, on the Jets has like 12, has 12 kids. Well, there's sort of about a four. racial theme here. Well, they're all by, not by different women, but I mean, they intentionally are ha- they intentionally are having unprotected sex to have children. They're trying to make babies. Oh, do you think so? Oh, absolutely, they are. They're proud. He's really proud of it. I like mean, in terms of like an activism thing. No, just so like a an black I'm a, history just, professor. No, just like a I'm a macho dude with lots of who makes babies kind of thing. Well, that's weird. It is very weird and a very expensive hobby. But I thought what you were going to say is that because there's no vaccinations in Africa. That they have have to have eight kids so that a few survive because there's, the infant mortality rate is so high. So you have you might get have eight births but only like four living children. It is high. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty fascinated. I I feel like American people in general don't know much about the world. No. Um, and I, I'm curious about it. Granted, I've only been to Canada and Mexico. That's enough. And Nebraska and you know Montana and uh, New Jersey. The Zimbabwe's and, of America. Uh, Alabama, uh, Arkansas. But um, they. Uh, so you know, I, I was looking up HIV statistics. I don't know why. And uh, so the, the World Happiness Scale. There's this country that I can't even remember the goddamn name of it. It only has 6% of people have HIV. So Lesotho and Wait, Bots- that's lo- 6% is low? Well, for Africa. Oh, for Africa. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Botswana and Lesotho and, and actually South Africa, the, the country. God, I dated a white chick from there for a minute. She was a fucking cunt. Um, it's like 30% of people. Have HIV? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And it's, it's fucking bizarre. It's like a giant. It's basically like a giant San Francisco bathhouse. Like, so I don't get why because so, they're not using again they don't use condoms there. Well, sure, but so let's say I was like growing up in Botswana, right? I'm like going to grammar school. Hey, Matt. Hey, good to see you. Hey, here's your ABCs. I'm not gonna fuck someone without a condom. Yeah, in you fact, would. I may not even fuck anyone with a condom. Yes, you. If you grew up there, you would. Remember the guy. Remember the guy. That well, no, I don't want to get the. Uh, Fucking Miami diarrhea. Uh, remember that guy? Uh, you, you wrote the story about the guy who gave AIDS, intentionally gave AIDS. Like his job was to give AIDS to people. Oh, was he the, called the, the, ta- ja- the, the jackal. jackal? <laughs> yes. Oh, the jackal. That's our dude. Yeah, he gave. He intentionally gave AIDS. His job was uh, missed as a what a, a spiritual healer or something to give AIDS to people. Well, that was. I I never know if if we're sort of conveying sort of casual racism in these instances. I mean, obviously it was a real guy. I don't think it's right. I think it's. I don't think it's the color of his skin. I think it's just the primitive nature of the cultures. Yeah, but we're not talking about the meth guy that gave AIDS to people. From no, Michigan. but it could be India. It could be Bo- India. It could be Botswana. It could be any sort of radically underprivileged backwoods. It could be rural Alabama, for fucking sakes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Where the people have just like sort of very primitive idea where people don't do research before they, they about their lifestyles or health or medical things. And they have some weird, like you know, the Santeria here in the in, the, in like in the Southwest U.S., where they have weird ideas about what kills you and what doesn't kill you, like sort of just right. like odd, just sort of odd idea. Well, look at this: the fucking stories about anti-vaxxers on Facebook who are uh, Jenny McCarthy st- started this and like passing around ideas to other moms that you should not give your kids polio vaccinations uh, or, or measles. You know, this measles thing is really becoming a problem. Is outbreaking in the U.S. again. Uh, yeah, so all these rich ladies in Santa Barbara who are just like 
you know, 22% of the kids in the area are not vaccinated. And now you're creating this like massive health, future health problem because you're hitting the tipping point and all these diseases are coming back. Um, there's been a number of stories of teachers now are getting like fucking TB and other things, school teachers. It's, in, I mean, it's insane. I, I mean, that's, that's Botswana level backwoods. Yeah, and ironically, it's in fucking Malibu. And yes, what what uh what's the term? I it's it's not um so it's it's uh there's a certain inoculation point right that the whole population is at risk if we and scientists have studied this and and found it to be quite accurate over the course of history. I'm not going to pretend to to you know know the science of it, but these people are putting thousands and thousands of oh yeah kids at risk. Yes, and I. Based off of Facebook information, based off of Facebook posts. Well, like that's a. It's like it's like this mother did like spent a year researching with the CDC or NIH, came to some different did some medical research, came to some conclusions about anti-vax, you know, anti-vax. Like well, did I a deep a, pharma dive. She's reading. No, she's reading Facebook. Not. She's reading Facebook. I mean, I made a conscious effort. So when I was like in my twenties and going to college, I, I was like. Um, Lazy. And so I'd say, well, you know, studies say this. Like, I saw a study that said this. And then I realized you have to read the study. Yes. To If, if you want to be honest about yourself and, and have an informed opinion, you, you have to read the study that you're quoting. And so not only are these people not doing that because the science would be overwhelmingly and, and unequivocally against their opinion, you're getting it from Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, and other crazy moms on Facebook who are spreading misinformation, hysterically spreading misinformation that your child is going to be damaged by these vaccinations. But it's not like Jenny McCarthy is, is like, like say she's like a pseudo public intellectual. Like, I don't know what the equivalent would be. Like, um, but it's like, all right, well, Neil deGrasse Tyson said, don't get vaccinated. It'd be like, all right, well, he's obviously a smart guy and. I guess I would take his opinion above your average person. This is it's Jenny McCarthy. It's, it's just like a, a dumb chick with fake tits. She found she did find some doc. She found some doctor who you know backed up her. That were proven false, and of her kid never had autism. Either. Of course they were. I mean, the whole thing is like this is scary though, because like what fifty five percent of the people now or sixty percent of the people in the country get their news from Facebook. I mean, you could start like I mean, think about this: if you're growing up now and you're like a twelve year old kid or whatever. You believe that, say, gender is a choice. <laughs> like, you believe all sorts of shit. You believe vaccinations are, are going to give you disease or filled with mercury or whatever. You have all this stuff that you don't, it's all like social media driven news that is like, even if 95, 98, 90% of scientists disagree with it, the 1% gets out there in this hysterical, like, viral, uh, social media viral sensation. I don't, I don't and know. It becomes huge. And all of a sudden, you have 10 million people not vaccinating their kids. I don't know how true that is, though. I mean, I'm, obviously, you make a, a compelling case, but it, so you don't just get your information from Facebook, right? Like, no one is just on Facebook. Oh, yeah, this mom. I mean, these, well, they're getting, they're reading, passed along. It's not like Facebook is creating the news, Facebook doesn't create the news, it's curated. So people are moms in the group are passing along studies or, or articles from obscure places to scare other moms. Well, that's frightening. I mean, do, dude, I'm obsessed with like <laughs> this might sound weird, but do you ever just watch people like kind of watch them walking around? No. 
<laughs> no, like you, you, you never been in a mall at a food court against your will? Oh yes. Well, if it's like a freak show, then yes. Just had to sit there. Yes. If I was like at the Abbey, let's say in West Hollywood, I would just sit there and watch people. Well, that too. But if it was like it was like a real freak show kind of place, I would yes. But no, I don't go like sit on a bus stop and just watch well, people walk by. We're just talking about <laughs> locations that people go to in Los Angeles. Yes. So these aren't the mall. Like I go, oh look, a woman shopping <laughs> at the mall. <laughs> like, well, you realize. Well, see, because I've been I've been dating younger chicks, and you realize that that. So I'm not a scientist, but I do find genetics to be a fascinating topic, mm-hmm. and it, I believe it determines almost everything. Yeah, and anyone that sort of I don't know is thoughtful probably thinks about it. Whether whatever your thoughts on it are, it does factor into your your thoughts, right? And. Uh, and re- recombinant DNA was just discovered, you know, in the, in the 70s, basically. And, and now we have CRISPR, and it's, it's all very fascinating. But I just look at people that don't, they don't appear to know that they're human. <laughs> like, they're like, uh, I, I like Chinese food. And, like, I, I just kind of look at them like, what are you going to do after, after this? Like, what, you mean just how dumb they are, uninformed? I guess that's what I'm getting at, but I, like, I noticed that I, I think I'm dumb too, but I, at least I, I find it fascinating, like, like the way that humans are, you know. But they, like, if if I'm dating a chick, like I was dating this chick, by dating I mean uh, fuck twice, and she had like these three girlfriends, and they were just like, they didn't appear to know that they were like in, involved in the human experience they're just like ah i, I like tacos yeah you, you like i t- do like yeah, tacos. tacos are good i don't like the hot salsa no that's not very good <laughs> oh what's that restaurant like you're just pointing shit out on the street i'd like to go there it's like okay well you're never gonna go there it's like i don't well just i think you just i don't understand the surface i think you're pointing out the bell curve matt <laughs> is that what it is? Well, but also here's my my general theory on on modern. I might be falling below the bell curve just for rambling about that. For people some. haven't become dumber, like just evolutionary speaking. People aren't dumber than they were 100 years ago. It's just not possible that that's happened. So, like you know, like we've grown like half an inch. We've whatever has evolved in 100 years. Very in- incremental changes. So we're not like 50 percent dumber than we were as a po- as a species 100 years ago. We're the exact right. same people. Uh, uh, essentially, so. But we have more information, though. That's that's everything my point. Is cu- everything is cultural. It's like right? you could read a book. Like I just read the book of the Indian guy whose name I can't remember, that explains DNA. Right. And it's like, dude, we all have DNA. Like, why wouldn't you want to be familiar with that? I think people used to, and I don't think people even even hundred years ago, less people actually were college educated or even uh, fully high school educated. It's we have more years of education now than ever before. But I think here's what's changed. Here's what, here's my belief in what's changed. Why you see dumb people in your your mall gazing, <laughs> is that a uh, hundred years ago everybody was super fucking busy, like there was no free time a hundred years ago. Doing like, a lot of farming. You were doing farming. You were working your ass off. Uh, you were helping the family business. You were busy trying to live and survive, or you were at war, or you were somewhere else. So now all these people you're talking about have tons of free time. So what we've exposed is that people just aren't very. Good, don't have a great use of their free time and aren't very intelligent about it. Certainly not. Yeah, because it, it wouldn't be fair to say the dude that stormed the beach at Normandy was like reading weird 
articles about genetics like no I, no they know. had they had if that person had say 30 hours of free time a week they'd probably be in the stupid shit they'd be in the really dumb shit too but don't you th- like i'm not even saying like like i don't know i find astronomy fascinating i i i, I like science yes um like girl, I don't but, think girls spent three hours a uh, hundred years ago. There was no mall for girls to spend like, six hours at, filling up true. with com- filling up with conversation. I'm just saying, ignore all else. Why would you not want to know like about yourself? Um, I just think again, I think bell curve. I think people just aren't that. We had a president. Uh, well, we have one now. We had one before Obama, no, who was not very intellectually curious. You don't think Obama was no before Obama oh. Bush? Oh right, right, right. There's there's some people that even modestly. Fairly successful people who are just not intellectually curious at all, who don't and like. Sometimes those guys are cool too. Like I'm not, yeah, judging it. Like I get if maybe if it's not an interest, but if I'm going to bring it up, like, hey, what do you think about chromosome? If you're just gonna, like, what? Like I, I don't get it. No wonder you're having trouble on Tinder. Are you? Is this is this a headline of your profile? <laughs> loves <laughs> loves uh, gen- genomics. <laughs> uh, it's not working out very well. <laughs> if you're not dis- if you're not discussing the hard sciences, don't uh, you're not the wrong person to date me or something like that. <laughs> fucking fucking horrible. <laughs> All right, Matt. That's our show for today. You got something you want to sell, pimp, promote? Are you uh, can be found? Which mall can be found at staring at uh, young ladies? <laughs> no, taco. you said that. Tacos. Tacos. But they're tacos. I like tacos. I don't want to make fun of people who like tacos. I like tacos. I'll say it all day long. Well, everyone likes tacos. A good taco. Not the, not the American tacos, like the crunchy tacos. I have to have an authentic uh, Mexican taco. All right. <laughs> I got nothing. I don't want, you, well, you, I don't want the Taco Bell taco. I want like one of those real like uh, Mexican thing where like the, 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 the greasy meat and the, uh, the onions and the cilantro on top. That's what I want. I don't care for that. Really? Yeah, I... Well, they don't clean. I find the places that don't clean their grills make better tasting food. I really do. They Dude, I went to randomly, like, because I was in uh, fucking Indianapolis, <clears throat> and I went to IHOP mm-hmm. because I just figured, whatever, I'll get like an $8 omelet. The omelet at IHOP was $17. Oh. And uh, so they're like, do you want some fruit? And I'm like, God, I don't want any of this shit, actually. But, you know, I got to eat something. And so they, they gave me these hash browns. I was like, do you have any potatoes? Yeah. So the hash browns tasted like like really fucked up bacon grease. Oh, yeah. They cook it. They didn't clean it. Usually the, usually the chain restaurants are, have very little taste because they have a they get inspected all the time. They have a cleanliness. Like, they have to clean the grills and all that kind of crap. Not this one. No. But if you go to, like, my favorite burrito place, El Michoacan in Los Angeles, uh, actually, literally, they don't clean the grill. The guy in the back has no gloves or anything like that. He's actually wiping sweat off his brow with the hands he's making your food with. What's it called? El Michicon? Michicon. Michicon? Yeah, I mispronounced it, I'm sure. And, by the way, there's cats and birds in the kitchen and the eating, <laughs> and the eating areas. And How often do you get diarrhea? It is uh, often. But you know what? <laughs> it is so fucking delicious. You just can't replicate that. You couldn't go to, like, Chipotle and replicate that flavor. Of like you, you got to show me, and you old. probably can't even Postmates it. it it's no, no, it's made. It's it dirty, but it's just like it tastes. There's something about old grills, dirty grease. It's just like the whole thing and the, the animal fat and like I don't know what the cats and birds add to the whole equation. Maybe they're in the burrito, but it's just fucking. It's just fucking yummy. It's just it's just old school. There's something about old school food that's so delicious, even if it's kind of gross. You just can't get at a chain at a chain place. Or well, dude, Mexican people. I'm assuming that it's a Mexican. Yes. Uh, 
and I don't mean Guatemalan. I mean no, it's Me- I think Mitch Ocon is a Mexican name. They are uh, very passionate about their tacos. Yes, tacos and and and, and the burritos. There's no other uh, culture. So even like Chinese people, like yeah, they love like noodles and dim sum and whatnot. But they also will like have a burger. Yes, or like have a fucking <laughs> a taco or something. Mexican dude every time. All, yeah, all that guy wants. Fucking taco all yes. day, and, all and, day, and, every day. With the uh, what's it called, the tapatia sauce, tapatia sauce, whatever it is. Yeah, and the, and the, the little the, lady on the on the bottle, the minced uh, onions. Yes. with the cilantro. And the cilantro. Oh man, I, I'm so fucking hungry now. <laughs> I just Lex, last murder. Talk to you next week. Well, I wrote this song for the Christian youth. I want to teach kids the Christian truth. If you want to reach those kids on the street, then you got to do a rap to a hip-hop beat. So I gave my sermon an urban kick. My rhymes are fly, my beats are sick. My crew is big and it keeps getting bigger. That's because Jesus Christ is my nigga.